Welcome to Legends of Greyskull, the podcast that dives deep into the mythology of Masters of the Universe, with your hosts, Matthew Dooch and Sean Scavana. News, reviews, remasterings, and more are just ahead on Legends of Greyskull. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 66 of Legends of Greyskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, UK Annuals, Comics, Mini Comics, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ra, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, that Mattel logo down in the corner, and maybe we'll even talk a I'm Matthew Dooch, here, not as always, with Matthew Rodriguez. Hey, Matthew. hey, hey, thanks for having me. How are we doing today? Heard, looks like um, looks like Sean's not here yet, so it's just us. It's just us. Sean should be. Don't worry, fans. Sean's on his way. I don't, I don't want them to tune out. Now, all of a sudden, they're, you know, mm-hmm, you'll mm-hmm. see this episode will drop, and the length of listened to or watched views yeah, will be like... We watched for 30 seconds, noticed Sean was gone, and... Yep. 58. It'll be 58 seconds will be the average view. Yeah, that yeah. Sean's not there. I'm out. I'll be back next week. <laughs> no worries. Going. You're told he's on his way. Until yeah. then, we'll try and pick up the slack. But I make Sounds no good. promises. Ah. So, we'll start off today. I got a couple pickups to show all. Yep. Um, I'm going to rip open at least one of them here. But I've been waiting for you guys. I've been waiting for you viewers. I don't, I don't want to do it without you guys. Um, first thing I got up here, I got the Hot Wheels uh, Battle Cat Monster Truck. Nice. I am just, I am loving what Hot Wheels is doing right now. Uh, Where between, did you find it? Uh, Meyer. Finally got it at Meyer. Nice. Actually, it's funny because... Uh, I check the pegs like I always do. Yeah. And I've been checking the back of the cards to see, because I don't remember any of the other wave. But earlier that day, I had been at dollar, no, five below. Uh, and they had the other cars from that wave there. I could look at the back, see mm-hmm. that they were supposed to have a battle cat. Someone had gotten there before me. So then I went to Meyer. same thing. I'm looking at the card backs. I'm like, okay, they got the battle cat wave. Um, and then for whatever reason, I walked down a little bit further down more like, I think it was down towards a matchbox and I was shuffling around the play sets that are on the shelf below that. And sure enough, there was the battle cat sitting on the shelf there. So it's actually the same way I got my, uh, oh, he's not even here, but my battle Ram, I had, he had fallen down below. So check the shelves, guys. Don't just check those pegs. Even without the sneaky people, uh, stuff just falls. And these are great. My son's got a couple of these already. Um, they're really nicely done. They got some die cast, some plastic, and they got the fun uh, squishable, recrushable car for you to run over. Nice. Good stuff. Your wife yeah. find this one yet? He loves, my wife loves that. That's like her fit. And that's the thing that she took the longest to find out of everything. Yeah. Was that and um she finally came across it and um it's really cool she actually she's taken a liking to um the the hot wheel stuff um yeah, yeah i think it's really cool yeah it's great they made this tail like kind of a tailpipe and in the the smokestacks on his 
on his helmet. They they did a really good job on that. They did a similar thing in uh, 2000X. They had a, a, a Battle Cat kind of monster truck. I was not aware of that. I know we have we have the old uh, was it Hot Wheels or Matchbox at that time? Matchbox maybe, and they came no, with a rolled up little poster. It was still Hot Wheels. It was Hot Wheels. Yeah, they came up with a rolled up little poster and and uh, the cars. We've got some of those. Yeah, I think I got one. I still have one. The He Man one with like the swords on the front of it. It's white. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But yeah, those are fun. Those in the. The, I haven't gotten any of the character, like, where it just painted on the side, the evil in Tila, whatever. Okay, but yeah. I like that, okay. and I like what they're doing with the vehicle ones, the Land Shark, yeah. Battle Ram, and Wind Raider. Yeah. Yeah, I really like them. Uh, and then the other thing I got, uh, thanks to the tip from an amazing friend, is I got the uh, He-Man and the Ground Ripper Eternia Mini. And then the Skeletor and Rotan uh, mini. God, nice. These things, these things are killing it. Yeah. <clears throat> they look great. These I'm not going to open because it's kind of been a thing with my son. Um, my youngest son. I've been doing all the minis with him. I've been giving him the two packs and you know, for birthdays and Christmas. And just you did go yeah. down a report card or whatever. Um, nice. so I th- I'm going to keep these and these will end up being gifted to him at some point too. Mm-hmm. Just been a fun little thing. We got through the two packs and got the castle built and, you know, we've been picking up the, the clamshelled ones and everything. So nice. Um, good little memories. Yeah, with those, with, with those, it's interesting that they, uh, obviously they did battle fist with Fisto, you know, back in the day, 2000 X yeah. and now the ground ripper. Um, yeah, and it seems like I'm curious because I know Marvel. It seems like they bypass that stuff by saying they title it differently, like oh, they, they put- say Mar- Marvels. Yeah, you know whatever. <coughs> to uh, I, I would assume it's just to kind of bypass the kind of quirky laws when it comes to copyrights yeah. and trademarks. To me, I I often wonder why why they can't just explore the kind of misspellings or something like a lot of people do. Like, could you call it, you know, road, but spell it, you know, R O D E or something. I mean, just something like that where instead of when they do Ripper is with a Y or something, you know, add an extra P in there. Like they did like screech has the extra E, you know? Yep. Oh, I'm, I'm getting a notification here. Guys, don't worry, this podcast is saved. We we have a late entry here. We we're oh he's sideways, but he's coming. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't worry, guys. Oh. There we go. Oh, glorious, yes. Little off center, right. but we'll take it. Ladies oh. and gentlemen, Mr. Sean Scavarna <laughs> is here. Thank you. Thank God Sean. you're here. Our viewership has plummeted to negative numbers. I lost the cosmic key. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy! I told I told Matt that people are gonna start watching that and notice you're not there, and then they're yep. just gonna click next video. Oh right. no 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 no! You're so dreamy. They're fine. They're it's fine. 
Oh, Sean's coming. The minute they Thanks. see me show up, oh, now we'll click done. <laughs> and we'll move on from there. Recording in progress. Oh, oh Sean's Skavarna. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> uh, how we, how are you doing, buddy? Oh, it's it's Memorial Day, and my kids discovered that next door there was a barbecue going on and decided to just crash the party. So that's why. Wow. <laughs> and luckily, our neighbors like my kids quite a lot. So then they're like, oh, no, it's fine. They can come over, and they, they got to play with some kids. That's great. And I'm like, but I'm missing recording with my friends. So <laughs> no, here I am. No joke. We had my... One of my, either my nephew or my niece. It was either, uh, I think it was my nephew. I think it was Chris's graduation party. And my wife, for those who don't know, is uh, is Mexican. Very large family. You get them all together, and of course, you got to invite everybody. You got to invite all, all, mm-hmm. all the theas, the theos, everybody. So it's always <laughs> a big part. Oh, and then, so it's it's her sister. And then her husband is Puerto Rican. So get both sides together. Good Lord. But so it was a graduation party. There was this kid running around the whole time. And nobody really knew him. But, you know, there's so many, you know, friends, family, everything. Like, there's so many people who are all just like, he belongs to somebody. It was getting down towards the end of the (laughs) night. And there was basically just family left. And this kid's still here. And then we start. We kind of start questioning, like, who is that? Is that, you know, is this so-and-so's kid? Is it this, that? And then not long after we started putting that together, we got these parents knocking at our door going, and who lived like three houses down. They're like, you haven't seen a little boy that looks like this? And we're like, uh, yeah, we think he's in the backyard. <laughs> he just he saw that wow. there was a party, wandered over, had been eating and drinking and Doing the bouncy house just all party long. It's like, okay. Make himself at home, hey. Right. That's cool. <laughs> Until you want to end the party, and then you're like, go right. home. Go home. <laughs> Where, where's home? I, I don't know, but go home. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so we're, we were just showing our re- – you got anything recent you want to show off, uh, Sean? I just showed off the uh, Battle Cat Monster Truck. You'll have to catch that on the replay. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, um, my attorney of minis I got. I uh, the one night I ended up finally getting the uh, battle ram that you showed off on the oh, show. Oh, the Hot Wheels one. The, yeah, the Hot Wheels beautiful. one. So that made me pretty happy. You already showed it off on the show. I don't need to show it off again. But yeah, yeah. yeah for Masters, that's pretty much it. I haven't been able to do too much uh, in the last month as much as I was. So right, um, mostly just being good financially as much <laughs> as possible. <laughs> Uh, but, but with everything coming up in the next month or two, oh boy. So this ought to be an interesting time. But, uh, um, one thing that I, uh, just saw on, uh, Facebook this morning that I wanted to throw out there and get your take, especially since, um, uh, Matthew Rodriguez is with us and he's a fan of the movie as well. Um, I saw something about, uh, Anthony DeLongis saying, he would be happy to be in the new movie, and he kind of threw his hat into the ring to be the new man at arms, possibly. And I'm like, what do you got? Have you talked about that yet? No, no. What do you, you think that, of You the, held that too close to your chest. I did see that. I didn't, I don't know. Um, th- there's no credence to it. I'm not saying it's the, it definitely, yeah, but no, when I, I look at him now that he's older, 
What do you guys think if if uh, he the potential there? What's the last name? The longest. The guy that played Blade. D E L O N G I. That's why it sounded familiar, but I'm yeah. like, yeah, what? But now yeah. that he's older, he's got the hair, he's got the mustache going, he, and all that. He he's looks that like Man at Arms. I'll give him that. He does. I saw the picture of him today. <laughs> yeah, um, he definitely does, and he's he's not only he's an actor, stuntman, fight choreographer. Um, if I'm recalling correctly, he taught Michelle Pfeiffer how to use the whip. In, he did. Uh, in Batman Returns. He's, yeah. What else did, did he do? Uh, one the Indiana Jones, didn't he? I should pull up his. He's choreographed quite he's a lot of that. things. Uh, I've seen some interviews with him. I know the, the Michelle Pfeiffer one in particular because I showed my daughter that one. And she was amazed when we watched Batman Returns earlier this year that she got that in one take. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, and here's the guy that did it, you know. Yeah, but, yeah I've seen the the kind of the reverse angle of the video of, you know, just behind the scenes when they do that take. Right. Mm-hmm. And then after they finish it, everyone just starts cheering. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. That, I mean, he's, yeah, I like the guy. I like the mm-hmm. guy. I like that. He's always kind of loved the property. You could tell that he definitely cares. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if it didn't come down to him playing a specific actor or, or if he's uh, re- reprises his role, yeah. um, but for him to be involved even behind the scenes with stunt stuff, I think that'd be an awesome thing for them to do. I think that definitely. that's something that they definitely could, um, could consider because again, um, you know, out of all of that old school cast, not to, you know, throw out anybody else, but I definitely know that him specifically when it comes to just, the world and the fans and everything, he's definitely always been, you know, very popular and very yes. like, Hey, I love it. It was an awesome journey for me and, and that type of stuff. So yeah, yeah that's cool. he's, he seems always accessible to anybody that wants to talk shop with him about it, which yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, exactly. that's pretty, uh, pretty awesome as far as I'm concerned. Cause you could tell yeah. it, it makes him happy that people still enjoy it to this day. Right. And it is like, yeah. it, uh, my bad. Just, you're good. I was just going to say, it is, he's always, and we touched on this a little bit in, actually, Matt Rodriguez's last episode with us. Um, you know, he was very serious in that role. He took his job, he took his role very seriously, and that's, yeah. all the actors that really stood out in that movie, you can tell because they took it seriously. You know, Frank Langella, Meg Foster, Anthony, it's like, they were not playing it up for camp. They got they read that script and they said, no, this is a real world and we're going to embrace that. So I would take him in anything. Uh, and it definitely translated. Like, it, I mean, that's it, what I'm saying. It translates well. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I feel like people forget that just because it's pretend, um, you don't have to ham it up as pretend. So I, right. I'm reminded of, I think uh, like behind the scenes, like old school Star Wars videos where they showed some of the auditions. Yeah. yeah. They showed like some girl, like right before they, um, they show um, it was like, she was auditioning for princess Leia. And like every time she said a different place because yeah. it was a fake place, she was like, then we're going to go to so-and-so. And like, she tried to make it sound like this, all this crazy. Yeah. Um, and then, and yeah, it just sounded so kind of fake and hammy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then when Fisher did it, she was, it was just like nonchalant. Like I'm going to the right. corner grocery store. I'm going to the town next door. You know, it's right. a 15 minute drive down the block. And she, the way she said it, it was just so natural. And so for these people to, as actors realize, like it's in the esca- escapism of it. Like, right. you know, where like <sighs> Anthony was blade. He took mm-hmm. it. See, I am that character. Mm-hmm. And it translates so well when he's not, necessarily and sometimes it does work in certain cases to wink at the audience um but for definitely for his role and for frank's role you know it wasn't needed at all no and it's like we said like i i know i mentioned it before whether it was on the show or not but the stuff watch blade even when he doesn't have any lines you know he's doing these little like these smirks and these grimaces and just like he is Mm -hmm. in that moment regardless and that's what i liked about him he took what easily could have been you know sword guy number four and he really took it to on his own i've i've read interviews with him where he's like yeah i created this whole backstory for my character so i could you know he's got this beef with he-man and this and that like this is a guy you know who did not follow masters at all but when he got the script he's like i need to know where this guy's coming from and that i mean it all translates over I have complete oh, faith sure. in anything he would and do. That, and with a different actor, or if he mm-hmm. didn't take it that seriously, the line, I've been waiting for a long a long time for this, or whatever yes, that yeah. one line is, that <laughs> line is totally delivered differently if he wouldn't have thought of stuff and if he wouldn't have taken yep. it seriously like he did. It would right. have came off as just another line. But the way mm-hmm. he says it, you're like, oh, I want to know. You know, you're right. You're like, I want to know who this guy is, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, there, there's even the moment when uh, when they show the sorceress that he, that He-Man has given up the power sword. And when he pulls the sword out, that there's this look he gives. Yeah. That it, to this day, like when I saw it when I was a kid, it was chilling. It was like, oh, crap. Like this is, the, he, it, these guys are, the, obviously you don't want it to fall into the wrong hands, but the look on right. his face holding it, it's like, oh, you can tell there's the yeah. history of I've wanted to hold this for as long as I've known about it kind of a thing. And he brought that across beautifully. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. In any capacity you can get Anthony, you get him. He is he's an amazing shape. He's a great uh, fight director. He's, well, he's he's got all these martial arts uh, belts and whatnot. He's trained in about everything. It said uh, a couple <laughs> other notable things I saw here. Uh, he did work with Harrison Ford, but it unfortunately was in uh, uh, Crystal Skull. So, okay. everything he did was <laughs> great, I'm sure. Uh, he's done, he came up with the style of fighting for the Highlander television series. Um, uh, okay. And he's also done stuff for uh, Mythbusters, Lock and Load, and Weapons, Weapons That Change the World, and Deadliest Warrior. So, he is all hmm. over the place. Yeah. Sony? Cut that man a check. <laughs> now imagine uh, that. Not to, not to rip on him, but imagine that, I mean, we saw how the announcement that Noah Centineo was going to play He-Man and how that kind of like, wah, wah, and then he ended up leaving <laughs> the part anyways. Yeah. But imagine just them going like, yeah, we're going to get Anthony DeLongis to 
even just to do our fight choreography or just to be Blade and just imagine the amount of, of good press that would come from it. And I know it would because he is one of those parts of the movie that is celebrated to this day. So um, just just imagine that if Sony were to put that out, everyone's losing their minds about Anthony coming back and then they're sitting there going like, why didn't any of you guys care about uh, Noah at all? Yeah, uh, honestly, like he would be a good one uh, if they could get Frank Langella to even just show up and do something. That would be a hell of a lot of goodwill because everybody leaving that movie, yeah. there's nobody that'll talk smack about how Skeletor was portrayed. Um, Meg Foster's still out there; she could be kind of fun to have in like a uh, a role in one way or another. And then obviously, uh, if they talk Dolph into it, depending what day of the week it is, and if he had his coffee, I'm sure he'd be like, <laughs> eh, "Maybe it depends." I mean, yeah, he. Um, I think yeah. he's ready to work though, so I think that'll be the biggest thing. That I think in the last few years he's proven. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not done with this acting gig yet. So there's a potential. Now, out of the two. Because obviously here, Dolph Lundgren in new movie, there are two roles that are usually pretty quickly thrown out there. Which would you guys prefer, uh, King Grayskull or King Randor for Dolph? I personally, I think the uh, if they were to go that route with the flashback, even if it's just kind of a nice nod, um, right. I, I prefer King Grayskull personally because I think he would look incredible as a King Grayskull. I think so too. Yeah. That was my that was my pick. <laughs> that same here, only because it's after watching Lord of the Rings, I am really hard pressed to go, why wouldn't they at least have an opening like they did in Fellowship where they can detail here's Eternia, here's the problems right. that have been going on for generations or millennia on Eternia, and now it leads to this critical moment in time. Right. Where you know this this event is about to happen, the the uh, a boy will become a man, and blah blah, you know, and yep. and the idea, even just having him in like, uh, imagine a um a Zack Snyder slow motion, oh, him just God. standing. It, it, no, 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 no. I don't want the Zack Snyder everything else. I want the slow you, motion of just, just him. I just want the Zack Snyder of of him, and the idea of him turning around and almost doing like when we first saw him in the movie. He turns around, but he's dressed as, as King Grayskull versus being He-Man again. And there's that nod of, remember the yeah. last time you saw him? Now he's this guy, you know? Yeah. And Actually, that'd be pretty cool. And, and it would, I mean, obviously it's not, you know, multiverse or anything like that, but it would almost kind of give that wink at like, like that was your He-Man. Like, right. so yeah. your He-Man for this new generation is actually King Grayskull. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and the thing I like about it is you see the sword he's holding, and then you see that being given to the actor that becomes yeah. our new Adam and He-Man. And it, it's like a literal passing of the torch to the new guy, to the new generation could, of, could, uh, of fans. That could be fun, too, if they do something similar to Eternity War uh, with Adam actually use the Forge of Grayskull. I really like that, that addition there. And that comic where Adam reforges a sword and it's got like the... the, the the spirit of King Grayskull with him, that could be a cool mm-hmm. kind of symbolism there too. And just mm-hmm. those, I think that's where Dolph would be best at. I don't want to see him as King Randor, you know, a, a prominent role necessarily. I think he just needs like the flashback or when Adam gets the sword, stuff like that. Um, just those little things. It'd be cool too, if they actually did King Grayskull in, 
I mean, he's got the cloak already, so give him the red cape. Give him a d- yeah. different harness. Give him that, uh, that, um, oh, what, the snake, what do you call it? The, uh, there's a name for it. That He-Man wears in the movie, that snake that's eating its own tail, the infinity kind of symbol. I can't think of the name of it. That sounds stupid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, outside of a few yeah, minor that. details, you can, you can have <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. You could, you could have him be very close to what he originally was, but now right. we maybe add a little stubble or add like yeah. the little bra- braid in the back or you know something mm-hmm. like that. Where, um, right? No, I mean that would be that would you know what that would be really cool and really honoring of just kind of the property. So I'm, I'm down. And at the same time, I think it also helped those people who are like, well, King Grayskull is just a clone of He-Man. If you could, if you took that, it's a similar harness, but it's a few steps away by using that 87 movie symbol and everything else. So it, I think <laughs> it would help that camp too, where they're, it's like, okay, look, he's not just a clone. It's, it's similar but different. That way it, it helps when Adam gets the power and he give him the traditional, you know, costume and he's making it right. his own. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it would be fun. I know there's a segment of the, of the fandom that is not, they're not fans at all. But for me, I'm like, I kind of embraced it with 2000 X for the simple fact that I was like, so now there's a gray skull. Right, that's what the castle's name. It's not just the 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 uh, front of it. It's oh, now there's a reason it was called that, and I thought that it added a little something. I just enjoyed that. Whether or not it had the hero connection, it's like that didn't yeah. matter to me. It was just fun to add an extra layer to that mythology. I completely agree. All right, guys, my producer's yelling at me. We do have to take a commercial break right here. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to be right back after these messages. We're going to be taking a look at some more modern wonders. So stay tuned. Sounds good. Legends of Grayskull will be back right after these messages. Available now exclusively from PowerCon, we have the bundle of the toys of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, a character guide and world compendium supplement, Volume 1. This Paracon exclusive supplement edition follows up to the previously released character guide and world compendium. Paracon is the only place you can get this supplement, and you get both new books in one combo pack. Both books are 9 inches by 12 inches inside. The character guide supplement contains 168 pages. And the toy guide contains 752 fully colored pages full of details, pictures, bios, and more, covering the whole range of Masters of the Universe toys that we grew up with. Please head over now and get your exclusive bundle only at toyguide.thepowercon.com. Or for our international listeners, BigBadToyStore.com. Hurry now, as the pre-order is already 90% sold out. These books are shipping now, and the last 10% will not last long. And now, back to Legends of Grayskull. Hmm. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to Legends of Grayskull, episode 66. Again, we're here with Matt Rodriguez today, and Sean Skavarna did show up, if you guys tuned out for a little bit. He is here. We're good to go. <laughs> so stay tuned. Um, Matt, big yes. reason we're here today. Yes. You've got some exciting news uh, from the Ideas from Mars universe. So yep. uh, we're going to jump over to Kickstarter in a minute. Why don't you just give us a little lead up here um, as to as to what we're going to talk about here today? Well, essentially, um, you know, a lot of uh, well, most of your fans might know. Um, I started a few years back doing a couple comic books. Um, uh, ran into a couple friends that are very very big into the Masters of the Universe world, and um, we decided to make our own universe. So basically it's kind of our love letter to masters. It's called defenders of Eden. And, um, between me, CJ Edwards and Andrew Kramer, um, known on heman.org. Um, thanks for, to Val for, you know, having that whole thing set up, you know, years ago where we all kind of jumped in and, and had fun with each other. And, uh, so yeah, long story short, did that book. We're in issue three right now. CJ is done with 18 pages, so that's going to be colored soon. And that kind of universe um, was always kind of its own thing. And since I was young, I always had ideas for superheroes and creatively um, kind of stored up a lot of one-off characters and stuff like that. And since we were waiting for Defenders of Eden issue three, I decided that it was time to... uh, a couple things clicked with certain stories and certain characters and it just worked to make this own universe. So I guess I'll key you in. This is sort of what happened. And then I'll give you the backstory of, of why nothing new is original. And so I always wanted the title modern wonders. I always thought it'd be cool. You know, this kind of, I, I loved the TV show heroes, especially season one. And this idea of, you know, what if we had superpowers? And when it came to the creative side of it, I always wanted it to be more of an original take. So I didn't want it to be mutants. I didn't want it to be ultras or, you know, uh, what is DC has kind of their own term that they use now. But um, metas. metas Yeah, metas. Yeah, yeah. So, so, So I wanted to kind of create my own terminology. And so... I kept landing on the term modern wonders for this comic. It would be sort of like my uh, brand's version of Marvel's amazing fantasy back in the day. You'd have, you know, Spider-Man issue. You'd have a Dr. Strange issue. Um, so it'd be modern wonders. And then I started thinking, I'm like, wonders. Okay. Okay. It was like, what if you're a superhero? What if you're a wonder? Like, what if you have a power or something different about you? Again, whether it's good or bad or indifferent, something different about you, mutant ability. What if you had a wonder? And so then I landed on the idea that there's this DNA strand called the 1-D-R. So it was like the wonder gene. Right. And if you had this gene, you had an ability. You had something different about you. And um, the other thing that I landed on was that you know it'd be you know 15 to 20 percent of the population and i didn't want it to be that if you were a teenager you'd get it because of puberty 
Right. Um, I didn't want it exactly to be like, you're just born with it and you have it when you're big. I wanted it to be a little bit more mysterious and a little bit more uh, kind of questionable in the sense of if you're a 47 year old garbage man and you're pulling this garbage can back to, you know, the side of the road and all of a sudden you realize your hand just melted the handle and you look at your hand and you just smile and you're just like, I'm a wonder. Yeah. So I have it where this genome can kind of happen and reveal itself at any given age, but then it can also disappear from you at any given age or time. So not that this happens every issue that all of a sudden a guy doesn't have his powers, but just for the fact and storytelling wise that you could lose your abilities as quickly as you could gain them. I sort of felt like that that idea had not been explored very much, um, at least with the big books and the big uh, the big companies. So that's where I landed. And I'm just like, wow. So I'm, I'm building kind of this world of superheroes and they're just they're wonders. And there's good guys and bad guys and people that don't want their wonders and people that wish they did have wonders. And um, no joke. So this book, Modern Wonders, this is kind of a preview issue a local guy drew for me named Bill. Um, That's my original logo, Modern Wonders and Unexplained Mysteries. And that's Ember. And uh, he can breathe fire. And so this this came out like a year ago. This was even before I decided that Wonders was going to be kind of the backbone of it. Like, oh, this is awesome. I'm an original. I'm I'm so creative. (laughs) And then... uh, I'd say a month later after I landed on all the wonder stuff, Mm -hmm. a friend of my daughter's at school was like, you really got to try this thing called my hero academia. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm not too big into animes. I'm going to try this season one, episode one. If you are born with a quirk, you have a special ability, (laughs) like the first line. And I'm just like, okay. Like, (laughs) Obviously, (laughs) it's been done. And obviously, it's just the different lens. And so hopefully, with this book, I can tweak the lens enough and make it creative enough and fun enough. And the story is engaging enough. But um, it was just one of those things where, just like anything I've done, I'm like, I have to admit that there are roots of whether it's from stuff I've known in the past that just is in my mind or stuff that I've never seen. Yeah, creatively, it's very, very hard to come up with a hundred percent new idea. Well, there, there isn't. I mean, they. I know neither of you guys could name something that's a hundred percent original. It just, it's not with all everything that's come before, all the movies, TV shows, literature, mythology, anything yeah. and everything you can think of. Everything's been done somewhere. I yeah. mean, that's that's the be all end all of it. And I think yep. that's where a lot of guys get hung up is they're they're trying to be no I need to be original I can't do this because so, such and such did it and it's like if you look hard enough you're gonna find something I mean right even you look at some of the some of the superheroes and stuff that have come out even without being intentional I mean there are characters that have come out within months of each other which means there's no way. You know, Marvel could have been ripping off DC. They would just happen to create the same kind of thing at a similar time. 
yeah. you know, be that where the culture is or whatever. Um, yep. I will say one, I, I like the, what I'm hearing about the amb- ambiguity of the wonder gene, because yep. obviously it sounds great story-wise and story potential. And also pulling outside of the story, like I like to do, it offers you a lot of creative freedom. The less right. defined it is, the less chance you have of messing up later when you're like, well, I want to do this, but I already said that we can't do this. Right. Um, and it's funny, you mentioned Heroes. I think that was one of its big problems, is it tried too hard and too fast to define everything. And so then when they got later seasons, it's like, well, we got to kind of go back on this or whatever, and that right. weakens the story. So I like the fact that you're going... Let's let's do it a little more broad, a little more mysterious, and that gives you room to play with. Well, I think that there's there's a beauty in that that mystery, that the undescribed yep. side of things. So for me, growing up an X Men fan, which is definitely a, a you know um, another property that I love next to He Man, right. um, is that Wolverine being Logan, like what's his backstory? And it's just Weapon X, and it's very mysterious. God, you know, that was, that I'm, was I come great back like, then. I'm, I'm like James yep. Howlett. Who's who's that guy? Like all this. Yeah. Like, let's, give him, let's give him bone claws. Let's give him this name. Let's give him this story. I'm like, I'm very anti. I'm very boo down with James Howlett. So I, with whether it be Defenders of Eden, whether it be Modern Wonders or Disciple Six, or even um, my novel, The World Within My Walls there are pieces of it that are missing and have been missing for several years. And I will leave them there intentionally missing because I did not get goosebumps yet when I come up with the idea of what's supposed to be there. So for, for example, it it doesn't affect this book at all, but I'll, and you guys have thousands and thousands of fans that are going to watch this. So they're obviously going to know this stuff, but um, there's two characters and they've, they've been revealed already that are part of this issue one and it's cloud kid He's 13 years old and, um, and long range and long range is very much a, um, you know, he has the ability, the, the wonder um, to see things very precise. So he's, he's definitely on a Hawkeye on uh, Red Bull type of thing. Yeah. yeah. And so, but he definitely has that kind of a Mer- Captain American quality, you know, he wants to serve and protect. And uh, I'm like, cloud kid has this ability to fly, but he doesn't quite know how to control it. So they design him these, these wings, these fins, he calls them. And, and he's, he's kind of this, he's got the goggles and it's definitely kind of a throwback rocketeer sort of look. And um, I wrote this issue, you know, months and months ago. And all of a sudden last week I realized, wait a minute, because in one of the panels I have um, cloud kids father, and I wanted him to be kind of an old fashioned pilot. So he's got this scarf on, you know, Mm -hmm. in this panel and it clicked to me. I'm like, cloud kids, dad, and long range, they served, they served in the military together. Right. Like, and all of a sudden now I have this new thread of things to think about and go down and to write where before I left it open-ended because I, I didn't know, and I didn't have the best idea because all of those really good ideas, rarely do they always happen at the exact same time where I'm, I already printed this title on a book. And I didn't even realize that this was going to be the foundation. The wonders was going to be the foundation of 
this entire, you know, Wonderverse, this superhero universe for ideas from Mars, where I can kind of collect all these characters that I've had, some of them, again, months old, some of them decades old, where they kind of fit all within this world. Um, so I definitely keep myself, try to keep myself in the place of, hey, if that doesn't fit right now, don't just force something there. Right. Especially if you're putting this stuff out, you know, and, and kind of because people, you know, people want to follow, follow an idea and follow a world. And that's what's fun about it, the creative side of it. Um, but definitely, and we've talked about it on your show before, is that if you're going to set up the world and you're going to give me the premise of the world as a viewer, I'm going to probably subconsciously or consciously hold you accountable to a certain level. So when something doesn't line up, I'm like, all right, come on, like, <laughs> right. come on, whether it be a big Marvel movie or, or, you know, uh, a, a goofy movie, it's like, Hey, you set up. And that's one of my favorite movies, by the way, goofy movie. But um, yes. I, didn't, I didn't even mean to drop that one, but that's a, that's a fantastic flick. That's, that's uh, not yeah, the I first. Would, that's not the first time actually Goofy Movie has been brought up on this podcast. And uh, <laughs> that's why you know this is a somebody. Show. Somebody does not appreciate it like he should. Um, so I'm old. Just saying. That's the difference. <laughs> I don't care. That is a classic movie. You are I a father. You will no. watch it now. You'll engage with it even more. I, not to I mention the songs. Powerline. Powerline is freaking amazing. Better than Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I have seen it. It's definitely and, uh, underrated. It, it is, and I, I have seen it, but it was it was past the point of me going to see the Disney movies in my my personal chronology. So yeah. you know, it's like, and also the 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 topics on it in the movie would have touched on me being Max versus my dad, and now on yeah. the other side of things. I know exactly what you're talking about. So I'm not saying that I don't like it and I hate it. It's just, it doesn't, it's not to you guys what it is versus me. Like I, but I do appreciate the scenes in the movie. So that's, that's exactly what it was when I was younger. I was, I was max and I was looking at it through that lens. And now that I'm older watching with my kids, I'm looking at it through the lens of goofy and I'm like, it still works. It does. And then I, I look at it. And I look at my son in yeah. uh, <laughs> the nightmare of him turning into his father. And I look at my son and I just shake my head. I'm like, this is what you're going to be, buddy. <laughs> right. He gets so mad. He gets so mad. I get, I get random glimpses, uh, you know, of, of myself in certain, I don't know, certain facial expressions, whatever, you know, just like walking past, you know, a, a car window and you see a reflection of yourself. And for a second there, I don't know if you guys get, but for a second there, I'm like, Shit, is that my dad? Like, I just whatever the 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 facial expression catches right or whatever. But I'm like, dude, I'm looking at my father right here. Like, that's, uh, that's crazy. If I let my beard grow out enough, I look in the mirror and go, "Holy shit, David Cross just broke into my house." <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I I don't look like my dad enough no. or my mom enough, one way or the other. I just a me. But I yeah. look more like David Cross the older I get and the balder I get. Boy, yeah, is that well, really saying something? <laughs> most of the Duke males have a very even my cousins, like you can you line us all up and even my wife said when she first met my same family, she's like, How do almost all the guys in your family look exactly the same? And I'm like <laughs> strong, <laughs> strong genes. <laughs> um okay. But getting back oh, but real quick, 
But what's even sadder is how great a goofy movie is. Just stop there. Don't see an extremely goofy movie because that was just god awful. It, it was a huge letdown. It was a sequel. It was it, a sequel. It was a direct to video sequel. Ugh. But Modern Wonders, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So, how far back would you say your oldest character comes from? In this world? Right. I would, I would say. I would say I would be 17, so 20 years, 16 or 17. Right. And, and again, that, this, is, this, is, this is just like, uh, you know, name, power. Right. Well, I was going to ask, how much, like, how much has yeah, changed I mean, since then from that original, train. like? So the main two sets of characters in this first issue that we kind of talked to. Um, one of them, we saw a picture of them there. Uh, basically, uh, you know, I, I have my old, very, very, very old drawings. Oh, but, wow. So Ember, so Ember, he can breathe fire. And so his ability, uh, his wonder, he has like this birthmark around his mouth. Mm-hmm. And I created him probably, I'd say 15 years ago. And he has this kind of this grayish kind of this birthmark that never quite goes away. Right. And uh, if you've ever seen the movie Reign of Fire, mm-hmm. you're familiar? Long time ago. Yeah, um, I saw it once. Very, yeah, it's, a, it's a sleeper. I'm a, I'm a, uh, it's a sleeper. I'm, a, I'm definitely a Christian Bale fan, and I'm definitely <laughs> anything apocalyptic. Yeah. Anything apocalyptic. So the way they describe this chemical reaction in the back of these, the throats of the dragons, when Mm -hmm. they, when that movie came out, it just always stuck with me, like how cool they like scientifically and chemically tried to describe why they could breathe fire. And so I created Ember so that this coating actually was inside of his throat as well. So when he used his wonder and he would breathe, then it would protect him. It would protect his skin. Right. But then obviously the other side of it is he has this birthmark around his mouth. And so you're very self-conscious of, of this situation. So the more he would use it and the harder he would use it, it would get bigger and bigger. And so if you used it a lot, it's starting to burn off your eyebrows, but it's turning gray. It's starting right. to burn off your hair and it's, and it's so growing in that way, but then it always kind of reduces itself back to that eventually. And so between him being the character that has a wonder and he doesn't really want it. And then you have the flip side where there's a character and his, his superhero name's Ash. Um, his name's Jonathan Meadows, where he's just a human that wants to serve and wants to fight and wishes he had a wonder. And he, he, um, I don't think it's really given too much away to your fans, but he never gets one. It's not a, it's not like my hero academia, but he, he never gets one, but he's from that perspective of it. And so the way this 17-year-old Jonathan, which called, his name's Ash, and then the way Ember, who's in his early 20s, views these things are completely different. So we get a lot of that contrast where one wishes they were like the other. And so I don't know how many, when it came out, but when or the original Hero Show came out, I'm sitting right. up there and I'm watching and I think of like a director. I'm trying to think of like, oh, what would I do? What would I do? And I always thought that it would be really cool to have a Robin-esque character show up in the TV show Heroes that would love to be a would love to have a power, but right. he didn't. 
So it add this kind of contrasting element to a Peter Petrelli or, you know, one of these heroes that had the ability. And then you had this guy that's like, you don't get it. You don't get what you have. You don't right. understand. It. I wish I could be like you. And this other guy's like, I wish I could give it to you. You know, right. type of thing. you don't you don't get it. Not every wonder is a great thing. You know, we've got some cool characters in this story that their abilities aren't, you know, that big of a deal, but they're just an ability. And so to have that contrast, I think, really helps with storytelling and helps with perspective, because, again, the best thing you can do is to relate to people and characters that you relate to. And so I think that most of us in our lives, we've been in a place where we felt like we wanted to be like someone else or wanted to be in the Mm -hmm. other position. And then in other points in our lives, we've been the person that uh, that, you know, wish wished we could be in that position, you know, so that little bit of contrast and then that's the first set and then the next set we talked about which is cloud kid who's kind of that happy-go-lucky you know he he's in the sky and uh personality wise and power wise and then long range who's very you know wants to serve and protect so um those are kind of the four main characters that we deal with in issue one (coughs) but yeah so that's it right now we're live on kickstarter thank you so much for sharing that little um peek for your guys and uh, we are officially fully uh, funded. So the book is going to be made and it's going to be printed. And they're going to, I think we have close to 50 backers right now, but yeah, it's let's going go to ahead. be funded. Let's jump over there right quick. Yeah. Set up and and uh, the thing that can kind of mess around with that is once people see it's funded, sometimes people are less likely to try to to back it or want to get involved with it. But I definitely, if you can go to the Kickstarter page and watch the video, um, shout out to Jeffrey Haney, one of my buddies um, from high school. He made this video for me. Um, I kind of told him what I wanted and he made it and kicked it out of the park, knocked it out of the park. However you say that. And uh, we're just, we're super excited. So now we're on the back end thinking of stretch goals. We're probably going to do these trading cards with their bios on the back. Um, we're going to release 10 of those. We've got, um, uh, fish Lee who has a print at the bottom that he, we have a little print that we're going to give to people. Um, Dan Brinus, who's an old school he-man.org guy. Um, he definitely has always helped me out with my art. I chicken scratched up and I'll send stuff to Dan. He'll draw it and whip it up. This new guy, his name, I think it's just pronounced David, but it's uh, spelled D-E-I-V-I-D. And uh, I ran into him through some friends networking online that do art. And uh, he's out of Brazil, and he's doing the line art and inks on this uh, this project. And he is uh, an incredible artist. He's definitely very raw, um, but when Andrew throws his colors on top of it, um, he has done a, a great job, so... If you actually scroll back up, I'll show you. Uh, you can just kind of see. So this is keep going all the way to the poster, maybe. The poster. Right there, yeah. So so this is, I'd say, okay. I'd say about seventy five percent of the the characters so far that we have in the world. Um, there's two teams here: a team of four, and then a team of five, and then most of them are kind of just these heroes in this world. Um, and at the top in blue with the mask, he's 
kind of the original golden age hero. So he's kind of the first guy that has a, an ability. Um, and he goes by the name wonder and he's the first guy in the world to kind of take on a mask and take on this persona and, and become a hero. So he's definitely um, those few guys at the top there, a couple golden age guys. And if, I don't know if you guys are familiar locally, I run a, a comic con. I just about to point out. Yep. <laughs> and and uh, uh, it's called Tulip city comics and toy Fair. We've ran it for the past four years. And uh, I made this hero that's Captain Tulip. You can see him jumping there. So he's definitely a, a Batman yeah. style character, but he's got the wooden shoes and uh, the tulip on his, on his chest. And it was just a way for me to kind of throw in some, uh, again, another character right. that I just kind of had um, and, and throw him into this world. So, and uh, you might have a few fans that know uh, Pete McCarthy from the, my wife is going to kill me podcast, but he's over here. That's, that's the Marshall of Muskegon. He's yeah. um, <laughs> one of the wonders and he's kind he's kind of a, uh, he has an ability. I haven't shared it yet and I'm not going to share it until uh, it happens, but he's definitely kind of like the Casey Jones um, of that group of characters where he just kind of yes. wants to, to, to break the skulls of knuckleheads and, and protect his city. And, and obviously being a firefighter um, that kind of went along with his character uh, since that's what Pete does for a living. So, yeah, <laughs> I like it. You got, you got lots of interesting characters, interesting designs here. Yeah, so it, if you stay, actually, you can scroll down to the stretch goals. I'll just show you one, just kind of to show an example of how this stuff works. Is that um, stretch goals? Yeah, the guy down there at stretch goals. That guy's name is Distort, and um, Distort I've had for I'd say uh, fifteen years, but so. I'll just show you a couple. So that's what he looks like now. And he has the, the ability to kind of distort and stretch his body. And I'll show you, uh, I don't know if you guys can see that, but that's a mm -hmm. picture. That's the first picture I ever drew of the guy. And then nice. over here we have, uh, I don't know if you can see, but that's him with some of, uh, some of this team that at the time it was called next and I was obviously it's very uh, X Men influenced, but just kind of a group of heroes with super. So that's all I basically did was I just make these folders of these characters and drawings, and and um, this was a way that I could uh, again get all this stuff out of my head and uh, find the right partners to kind of uh, you know pursue this dream. So again, with ideas from Mars, I never meant to be kind of a catalog of, uh, of you know producing several different comic books it, at the time it was just a way for me to publish defenders of eden um right. but since we've since in, during covid everything slowed down with issue three um i just decided that it was time to kind of since defenders of eden issue one and two the kickstarters went so well and even with disciple six i just felt like it was time to uh kind of have this other universe where I love my defenders of Eden and that's my love letter to masters, but this world where it's kind of my love letter to, you know, X-Men essentially is, right. is kind of X-Men and heroes. So, yeah. So you are already fully funded. We're at uh, 1,857. Um, why don't you run us through your stretch goals here so that we can, they know what's coming yep. up the more we hit. Yep. So when we get to two grand, um, we're going to actually add four pages of art 
just from some of my concepts, early concepts of these characters and show you the process that they go through because some of them are very close to what I originally intended them to be. And some of them, I definitely, I am a creative collaborator. If you, if your idea or your twist on something is, will make the character or the story better, I will always take back seat to that. And that's something that definitely, you know, CJ and Andrew have helped out with, with um, Defenders of Eden. Um, but so we're going to add some art that I've done some art that CJ has done, some art that uh, David has done and Dan Brinus as well. Uh, so add those pages of art and then 2.2,000. We're going to, I have four uh, postcards that are made of different characters. Um, and so we're going to include those. We're going to include the postcards into your, your um, reward level. And then the 2.4 is when we get to where Dan drew kind of the golden age poster of all of the heroes there. And uh, Dan has kind of a, a cool, definitely vintage style art. Um, he drew all of my vintage Defenders of Eden, uh, Defenders of Eden comic books that are these little mini comics, basically. Um, and if you, you find him online, you can see anything that's mini comic looking um, when it comes right. to my Defenders of Eden. Dan does it. He does a great job. Uh, so that's kind of the next one. And then you get to 2.6. There's an awesome guy locally. If you look him up, Fish Lee, he does a lot of indie art. He's a wonderful artist. He drew our character Wonder. And so we'll include a print of that. And then um, if we ever just dream and beg, if we were to get to the 5,000 uh, mark, um, I think 18, what is it? Are right? 18 pages. So again, we definitely have, some people don't realize how much art goes into stuff before even production and before you even see the final result. So you might get a character or two that you uh, um, might not even have seen in this issue and you're going to get art and, and descriptions and stuff like that. So we'll, it'll be basically uh, another book, another comic book, but it'll be like this one where it's just the 18 pages instead of the 24 sure. and it's just going to be filled with art and have another cover, a new cover. Um, most likely drawn by CJ Edwards. Nice. And then if we were to, if we were to get to the eight K, we'd do the full trade paperback. And so that's basically the three issues. The first issue is 24 pages. So the next two will be 24 pages and we would be able to do that um, and just do the trade paperback version. So if you wanted the separate issues, you could get them. But if you wanted the trade paperback all in one hardcover, soft cover, we'd have that available. Um, one of the biggest tips that I ever got when it came to Kickstarter came from a guy who actually has, has done work on a few of my books and his name's Gary Scott Beatty. Uh, he's been a professional letterer and creator in the industry and also colorist for 25 years or so. And he lives in Muskegon, Michigan, which is a, a hour North of me here. And I said to him, like, I'm watching some of these, some of these uh, comic book Kickstarters and, and this is kind of expensive. You know, I'm, I, I'm definitely not a, pay your guys later guy i want to pay them for the work that they do and um he said well matt the advice i can give you is it's kickstart my comic not fund my comic and so some people don't realize that so in this all of this stuff has been paid for our funding goal is Mm -hmm. not a full by any means recoup of my funds that i've given to these artists that that number is just me recouping some of my pay that I've had to pay the colorist and the line artist and 
the letterer and all that stuff and, and the editor, Casey Pierce. Um, and so when he told me that, it became much more obtainable in my mind to say, hey, this is a labor of love. I am funding this. This is a hobby. If I can recoup some of the costs that I pay out while also building a fan base, that that would make the most sense. Because the last thing I need is to have a Kickstarter be like, oh, well, I need $3,500 because that's what it costs. And then it not fund. And then I don't get to mail it out to all these people. Um, so we set the goals very reasonable and keep the backer levels very simple where it's not like, you know, a hundred different. And that's what the stretch goals. I mean, we were funded in 27 right. hours. So yeah, I had to amazing. come up with these. Yeah. I had to come up with these stretch goals because I've never been in really in the position to like try to, you know, try to further fund it. But right. now I'm going to be at this spot where hopefully these backers continue to share, which they have. And thanks to you guys on your podcast, um, being able to share the commercial and share the Kickstarter page where um, <clears throat> the more eyes that see it, the more chance we get to kind of continue right. to fund the project down the road because um, this isn't uh, me. I've been blessed to have a job where I make decent money. Um, so I'm not like living off of this where I'm luckily enough to be in the position where I can pay these artists. But if I could just recoup my money that I pay these artists and print these books and send them out, I'd be completely fine because at the end of the day, I want these ideas to be shared. I want them out of my head. I want to create this, like one of the levels that we have, is a, a a lot of people like those new uh, blank cover uh, comic books where you can draw on the cover. And so one of the levels for little kids is that I'll include this. It's the same real, issue. Real, real quick here. I don't mean to cut you off. We'll jump to the, the reward levels in a second here. Nope, I, I just wanted to clarify about the, the trade paperback here. Yeah, so we yep. hit 8K, you're making the trade all at once. But now Correct. you said the single issues will still be available. So will the trade be like an add-on or just if you hit 8K, everybody gets a trade? The the trade the trade will be an add-on. Okay. If we if we hit the if we hit the 8K, there'll be a button that you can do right. because essentially because we have issue 1 coming out in August, mm-hmm. the the trade wouldn't be I mean shoot, if we hit 8K and the trade is being made, those guys are going to work. And we'd probably have it out in December, which is fine. Right. But we wouldn't be able to hit that goal right away. So it'd have to be an add on. Gotcha. Um, but I'm sure as far as uh, as as far as dollar amount, um, some of that trade cost will be eaten in the pledge level. So it's right. not going to be kind of a new, you know, a whole new you have to add, you know, however much a trade would cost. Um, definitely you get to kind of uh, what would it be? Subtract, you know, the single issue pledge or whatever. Um, gotcha. But yeah, that's where that's where the 8K, 8K would be, would be, hey, we made enough money to pay those guys to get to work. Um, and so between the the three, the four people I have on it that you can scroll to the, the team is that David out of Brazil to pay him for his lines. And then you have Andrew, who handles the colors. You have his Andrew's brother, um Jared, he goes by Jay. He does the flat work for Andrew, so Andrew can focus on the the rendering and then also the lettering. 
And then Casey Pierce, who um, does the editing, um, she's been a breath of fresh air and she's definitely uh, uh, the hardest working woman in comics. Yeah. Um, if you look her up, she has um, some great stuff. She has a book called Nora that is fantastic and a, an awesome concept. Um, look her up, but she works for a company called Red Pen, Red Pen Media. Um, and so she does full-time kind of editing for a lot of it ends up being horror stories or horror movies or novels or comic books, but she definitely leans towards that genre. Um, but she definitely, uh, you know, if you pay her, she'll edit for you. So, um, but she's, she's been awesome. She's been a guest at my comic con and she's done panels and my girls got to see, you know, she had a panel called what's it like being a woman in comics. Mm -hmm. And so she sat down for half an hour and kind of talked to all these girls that are interested in getting into comics and so she's definitely uh, those are some of her books are done through Source Point Press, which is a, a Michigan based um, indie um, publisher. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's where that's I've seen thing. it. The Walmart end caps, right? The that. Yeah, that's that one. Walmart? Yeah, they no, do that. No, 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 that's Allegiance Arts. Oh, that's another guy. Yeah, right. that's a that guy's that's guy crazy talented, too. But yeah, that's a that's a but Source Point Press is yeah. a small, a pretty small indie company out of Michigan, but they've grown nationally to where yeah. now they distribute so many books and they have a lot of cool things. They have a, a book called Monstrous and um, they have Nora, which is a fantastic book. Yeah, um, yeah I looked them up. They're, they're out of the Flint area, I believe. Mm -hmm. They're about two hours away from me, but those guys always come to my comic cons and they're, they're a fantastic company. So and I did want to point out here right quick, especially for our audio listeners, on yeah. the Kickstarter page, there is four pages? Five, yep. te technically, because that double spread is the reveal. Okay. Um, the title of this uh, issue is History of Law, and so there's a spread page there. So it's five pages. Yeah. So we, we wanted to show, and obviously all the pages are done and the script's done, but we wanted to show a little taste of what the... Mm -hmm what the value or what the production, what the quality is um, as far as his line work and the panels right. and uh, the scenery and, and everything. So we wanted to show, Hey, you're not going in blind. You're we're, we're going to show you what the book looks like. Um, because I definitely think that the professional quality of the book um, is, is helps as well because um, you know, we, yeah, I, if I was to draw it and it looks like chicken scratch and, people are like eh, it sounds cool no, when you talk about it but i'm looking at this page and i'm not really that interested but when they see these logos and these uh these characters it, it takes a life of its own so no that's awesome that you guys included that page. i mean five full pages nothing's blurred or edited or ain't like you you get to read the first five pages uh right yeah. off the bat there that's awesome yep and uh let me scroll down a little bit here uh, let's go ahead and uh, talk about the the rewards. So, obviously, yep. you're pledging so that this gets made, but at the same time, you got some good stuff uh, back for us. So, go ahead. Yep. Yeah, we've got you. We've got kind of the general. You know, nobody. Wow, somebody actually did the general dollar. Uh, the dollar <laughs> award, which is kind of could just say, "Hey, thank you so much." Mm -hmm. um, you know, some people, and again, every dollar helps. So. We get some people that are like, hey, I can't support you too much financially, but I can share you, um, which is awesome. Um, and we do appreciate that. There are some people, too, that when we see the back end, 
some people come from Facebook, some people come from, you know, Kickstarter. And there are some people that come from just kind of a general comic book search mm-hmm. on Kickstarter. So that's really cool that they kind of can scroll through all the options of, hey, what could I buy this month? And they see right. mine and they're like, hey, this looks interesting enough. And so that's that's really cool. Um, the $10 pre- pledge is the digital wonder which is essentially if you prefer kind of just a digital file of the comic book, uh, we, we give a link to you guys and, and you can download it and read it on the computer, on the phone, on the, on the iPad, you know, all that good stuff. So that's uh that seems like a, that one ends up being a little bit more, uh, you know, for the guy that doesn't really collect physical books anymore. And then also right. a lot of the, my international friends kind of prefer that level because um, you know, it's just kind of an easy one and, and it's, it's pretty low, uh, as far as the cost. So, um, then you have the $15 exclusive first run, which is basically the comic it's number one, hot off the press. And we, we have that one where we can mail it out to you. And then I have a lot of local fans, which is awesome that they kind of prefer, Hey, can you deliver this to me? So I do have a a local delivery kind of thing where um, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but there's this uh, internet sensation. Her name's the toy huntress. Um, I've heard rumors. Yep. Yep. She does not wear an eye patch, but she does, she does toy reviews. And uh, that is my wife and she loves to deliver these comic books for me. So uh, the, the exclusive local print is, uh, is her, is her job that she has for ideas from ours. So um, only the, select this if you're close. She's not driving over to uh, Wisconsin. No, yeah, she's 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 doing she's doing <laughs> about a, a, an hour is kind of the furthest she she goes right. with that. Um, if it's anything further than that, and you click local, um, I'll try to fold it into a paper airplane. Nice. Um, <laughs> and uh, the twenty dollar, the premium wonder. That's kind of a lot of people like that level because you're getting the issue one, you're getting the bookmarks, you're getting the poster um, with all those characters on it, um, which is kind of a fun um, thing where if you want a little bit of art to where, again, some people, and I recommend to people all the time, same thing. We, we talk about masters all the time. It's like, I'm seeing these He-Man and Skeletors in the aisle. And I'm just like, man, I hope, I hope random people just buy this for random kids. Like maybe not just right. random kids in general. You're not just giving a kid something random yeah. like that. But Always just for tots or. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. See, seeing that type of stuff. So I recommend to people, hey, you know, if you got an FU or if you've got mm-hmm. a niece that likes superheroes and, and would like to create something herself, and we include that blank cover where, you know, you have this world of this thing, no knock on the big guys like Image and DC right. and Marvel. But there's definitely something to be said when, I mean, I talked to my, uh, my son's uh, soccer buddies and I'm just like, Hey, what do you think of this character? And they're like, well, that's one of your characters. That's so cool. And it's just, Whoa, this can be done on a local level where what, what, what is this? This is creative. This is cool. This isn't coming from, not that those places are machines, but this isn't coming from a big corporate machine. This is coming from an indie, you know, uh, creator. Um, So even if we get, real random people that are like you know what it looks fun it looks colorful it's definitely you know family friendly as far as that stuff goes um you know yeah i can buy a nephew or a niece you know this comic book for 20 bucks and support this local artist and it has a poster on it and Mm -hmm. if that gets kids doing what i did which was making these folders you know full of characters um you know keep now do you you sorry do you have a size on the poster in mind or Yep. The, the, the poster, 
that for that poster, that poster is going to be 11 by 17. Ooh, that's a good size. Nice. Yeah. Anything bigger, we'd have to switch up a couple ways right. to, to mail it out. Um, but I'm definitely going to make bigger posters. Um, okay. Maybe I could do that for a, an add-on or a stretch goal if somebody's interested in a bigger poster. I know that they can be made bigger, but um, I'd have to look into the shipping options because obviously we're dealing with tubes and um, the, at that point. The, the stickers, you're thinking those are probably going to be what, like about penny size or nickel size? or <laughs> No, those are, those are going to be, I think they're three... Three inches by one and a half, I believe. Okay. That's so, a good size. Yeah. You don't want anything too small on those stickers. You got to watch out. Yeah. Oh, do you have to watch out who's who's printing them for you, too, because if you're not familiar with the printer, um, you could end up getting something in the mail that you wonder why you even bought it. So, <laughs> so yeah, so you have the International Wonder, which is that $20 level, but but can go anywhere anywhere in the world. Ooh, looks like I got somebody backing me. You got one? one? Yeah. Sometimes that ends up being Canada, so which isn't too far, but uh, far enough to to deal with international stuff. So right. Um, and then we have the premium uh, wonder, the local again with the with the poster and stuff. And then that, that twenty five dollar one, that's the one that I definitely recommend to uh, for a kid with wonder, where not only are we um, including the number one issue mm-hmm. and the posters or the poster and the the bookmarks but I'm including a second number one issue, but that second issue is going to have um, a blank cover with just the modern wonders logo. So that if this young adult or this kid or somebody has their own idea for a hero or for a villain or just for, for anything for their own wonder, um, if they want to make themselves into something, they can, they can draw it on the front, which I thought would be kind of a cool, a cool option. Yeah, those are really popular nowadays. I see, I see lots of people taking those to like um, commission artists too, and having them do yeah. stuff on it too. That could be fun. Yep, yep. And the next one is the ideas for Mars Pack. This is actually a, a, a pretty favorite one um, of people that are jumping on to uh, my stories later on, where they missed the first few Kickstarters. Yeah. So the ideas from Mars Pack actually includes. Um, Defenders of Eden issues one and two. It includes Disciple Six issue one. Um, and then I'm actually including some uh, surprise drawings by CJ Edwards that um, are some Defenders of Eden prints that I still have a few left over of, which are kind of cool character pictures and posters. Um, so I'm going to include that stuff, um, which is, yeah, awesome. And then obviously uh, this one, Modern Wonders. Uh, which is the exclusive preview featuring Ember, um, which actually does have a few pages where you re- you realize what's happening in the new Modern Wonders issue one. You realize nice. what's happening to our main character because of a situation that happens in this book. It's not That's... completely needed, but it's kind of cool to see. And it's also cool to see where we've come because, again... Mm-hmm some of this dialogue would be different and some of the, the explanations would be different if I would have had that wonders idea happen when we printed this. It just, it just didn't, didn't work out that way. So. And that's a yeah. popular one. You've only got, there's only two spots left in that, that pledge level guys. So oh, nice. If you're, if you want to get in on that, you better go now. Cause it's, that one's yep. not lasting long. All right. Now we're getting to the big ones. Yep. 
we have a couple big ones um, that are, uh, these are always fun because from a creative standpoint, I always love kind of uh, sharing that vision and kind of like uh, helping people create themselves. So the ideas from you pledge level um, looks like we do actually have one background that, which is cool. Um, work hand in hand with the team, uh, with my team to bring your very own character to life. So we have a sketch on there of a character that I created named Miss Halo. And um, we show you what the sketch I sketch start off in the name and I'm coming up with these concepts. And then I send it to my artist and then my artists um, refine it. We do some edits and then the colorist comes in and finishes it off. And so we would help you along with, it includes the premium bundle. So those fun things up top, you know, the book and the the blank cover and all this other stuff. Um, it includes us. Hey, if you want to try doing this, we will help you. And at the end, we will mail you a professional colored version of your hero. And then obviously we'd, we'd give you the PDF file to do with what you please because it, it, it would be your hero. But nice. um, that's a cool idea because some people like to be creative they don't want to create a whole world, but they want to create, Hey, I want to turn my kid into a superhero for his right. birthday. And so could you help me with this? Um, that's something that we could definitely do. So uh, that's the ideas from you level. And then the frozen in wonder level is you or your likeness or whoever likeness you'd want to be drawn into an issue. So this was a popular level for, um, for defenders of Eden where actually there's a couple of guys coming up in issue three and how we use them was just fantastic. And our artists are so great at capturing, like it's undeniable who this character is. It is you. Um, and sometimes somebody will back and say, Hey, I want you to draw my spouse into this book. And so you're frozen in the world of modern wonders where in issue two, you will be in it and you will have your face in it. And you will be part of the story, which is kind of cool. And then again, that includes, you know, the previous uh, reward levels. Now, so, do you, uh, with that one, do you show them anything beforehand or tell them what their capacity is? Or you just send out the issue and you're like, here you go. And they get to discover it. Well, I mean, technically we would be able to discover it that way. For certain people, I've definitely kind of showed them, hey, because our artists, yeah. the way they do it is they find Facebook pictures or pictures that are sent to us. And they do sketches. So what I end up including in that when this issue three of Defenders of Eden comes out, Travis, for example, host of my wife is going to kill me. He's in issue three of Defenders of Eden. Mm -hmm. I've shared he's there's multiple sketches that aren't even going to be in the book, but just practice sketches of him that our artists kind of wrap their heads around these characters or these people and their faces and everything. And so I'm going to print off a nice picture of all of that artwork of him that that is sort of behind the scenes that's left um, that isn't actually in the issue. So um, yeah. And then uh, the next one is where are we at? Always a wonder. Always. So always a wonder. We only have five of those and looks like two of them have been taken. Um, But that one is basically kind of the uh, peak that you can come when it comes to modern wonders is that whether it's a hero or villain, not only will you or your concept become a wonder, but you will receive three versions of art all drawn by different members of the Ideas from Mars team, and your character can live forever in the world of modern wonders. So at this level, we have basically me, 
Dan, David, and CJ. And we will all, it's sort of like the, uh, a couple of go ideas from you, mm-hmm. um, level, but this is actually, you're getting four different fully colored images, different styles of your character. We will go and walk alongside with you and create that character and tweak that character. And, and obviously you have final say in it, but then that character could end up, you know, like you see that poster with all those characters, it could end up where you know, Captain Tulip is, and it could end up where Pete is in the sense of it will be a hero in this world. And um, whether we get to do a full issue on that hero and their story, that only time could ever tell, but they will definitely appear in a future issue and will be considered one of the heroes or villains or characters that lives in the Wonderverse, essentially. So... So it's kind of a mix of the last two. It's like you get to create your hero and you'll at least be able to, it'll be in at least one issue, at least like background or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. And you will get a ton of art of that right. hero. And and so that's a cool part of it too, where, you know, you might not like the drawing style of this, uh, of your hero mm-hmm. in David's version, but the way that, Dan throws has a throwback style of your character or CJ kind of adds a little bit of a fun, uh, lighthearted, almost animation style to your character. You might like that stuff more or obviously it never happens this way, but you could end up liking my sketchy version of your character. So <laughs> you have very nice sketchy versions. I was wearing yeah, my sketchy version of your Legends of Grayskull uh, podcast shirt yesterday at our barbecue. Nice. So. Nice. <laughs> Always got to represent. Yeah, appreciate it. So yeah, so guys, there's plenty of rewards, anything you can think of, and there's plenty of time still to get in on this. What we got thirty days left? Yeah. Which and we've we've kind of plateaued obviously, but again we get we get a little bit of that with uh um with when you fund so early that it ends up going a little bit cold. So we're trying to we're gonna do tweak a couple things to the page. We're gonna add a couple banners. And we're going to be sharing, um, you know, on our platforms and, and figuring out what we can do uh, to get to a couple of those stretch goals, because some of them are pretty cool. The the concept, I I mean, I have, yeah. I mean, are we allowed to, sh- am I allowed to show you concept art or anything? Yeah, like hang that? on a second. Know. Let me switch back over to us. Let me get off the, all right, yeah, fire away. And probably, uh, away. probably show off those, uh, what you, um, at some point show off the, stretchy guy again because uh our viewers couldn't see that earlier okay so that's wonder yeah saving a little girl saving a little girl swimming it's got um, a very very retro uh like you said first appearance of spider-man first yeah. appearance of superman type type of vibe to it to me yep yep most definitely and then here's something that not very many people have seen but i've been playing with uh um if you can see that very well but this is going to be this is kind of concept work of the uh trading cards oh nice um and then it's going to have the bio on the back and and kind of a i've always liked the did you know like the little like trivia at the bottom of the the bio card um but yeah with uh i can get to them here with the the first drawing ever of uh, Distort, which is he's on that stretch goal thing, he ended up with purple skin. Um, but that's yeah, uh, that's that's as far as I get with stuff. But you can definitely see a little bit of that uh, that early X Men influence 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, that's where we are with with modern wonders. And uh, I mean, I appreciate you guys a lot. You know, I'll show you uh, one more image that it's at the end of our trailer, but I love it so much that um, let me see here. That's the great part about it. You can see the passion going into this. All, all your your crew and you and um, I mean, you're doing this for the love of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can sh- show you guys stuff for days Woo! on any of this stuff, but um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I just wanted to show you uh, Major Power, who is one of the characters, and kind of show you the how it how he becomes who he becomes in this world. So. These two in the middle are my sketches. Okay. And he's right. essentially quality wise. He's, he's sort of kind of a Superman style, uh, you know, as far as his, his wonder goes, it's, it's definitely strength and flight. Mm-hmm. And so um, those are influenced by, I'll tell you, uh, Hercules Disney um, has a little bit of an influence to this character. And then, so I send it over to Dan and Dan draws kind of his style version of the character. And then David um, also did his his version of the character. And so seeing, you know, the way he looks through a couple different lenses is definitely right. definitely really, really fun and really cool. And it kind of breathes life into uh, uh, into the character as well. So and then you have your this is my the, the evolution so that's where I started, and then Andrew added his flair to it, and then Victor Danbridge, uh, Danbridge, uh, he's a phenomenal artist, and uh, check him out too online. He has his his in house studio. Um, he designed the new logo for me, and I absolutely love it. So, yeah, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Questions, comments, concerns. Sean, is everything okay with you? <laughs> um, I guess my my question is just creatively, um, the amount of stuff that you've managed to do in a short amount of time. Like from the from the time that I've known of, uh, like dipping my toe into podcast uh, listening, I have yep. known of podcasters of the universe. You started Defenders of Eden around that time too. Um you don't seem like the kind of person that has an idea and you're like, no, I'm not doing this. It's this or that's that. How do you get yourself not to be that way? Like, like is it, you seem to always have like an optimistic approach to how you handle your creativity, I guess is the way I want to put it. And, um, I think go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Um, it's almost that like, Okay, so I'm going to relate it to my job. And the first thing that I did was years ago, I decided to look at it as a part time job that as yes, it's my hobby, but I need to treat this like, hey, I'm going to put 15, 20 hours into it a week where I'm whether it's talking to people about stories calling them on the phone and discussing, Hey, this is cool. I came up with this idea. What should we do with that? And mm-hmm. so I, I kind of worked it into, worked it into my life, worked it into my habits where, you know, some people go golfing and some people go buy a new car and drive their car around or run a motorcycle <laughs> and stuff like that. And when it comes mm-hmm. to buying toys, like there's, there's 
So I, I was able to work this into my life in a way that I kept pro- productivity high. Um, and then the second thing, before I get to the third, the second thing is watching our mechanic um, where I work at, at the car lot. Um, and he's been there, you know, for 40 years. And uh, I watched how he learned to fix things. He, he's, uh, he went to the, the, a tech center school. He never went to college or anything, never got certified. He's been working on cars for 40 years. And uh, how he fixes things, he figures it out. Like right. he... So even watching him realizing that more than I don't I don't even know what the G.I. Joe quote is, so I'm not going to jokingly say it but like more than half of the battle is just doing like just actually doing it. Like, yeah, so I'll be in this room and I want to paint this room and I've wanted to remodel rooms, too, before. And I'm legitimately standing here and I've stood in a room that where I'm ripping walls down. I've stood there for like a half an hour just thinking just daydreaming and i'm just like you have to do it just do it man Mm -hmm. just do it you're capable of doing and so when it comes to this stuff too it's like it blows my mind that i've done it but all it was was really that like hey you know you don't want to get sappy and be like well you look at your life and what did you accomplish and you know what could you have done differently and all that stuff definitely there rings elements of truth in them Mm. but at the end of the day it just has more to do with it's something that I love. It's something that I've kind of found a footing in. And as you find your footing, the next book becomes a little bit easier. And yeah. then all of a sudden you have got credibility because this artist is like, yeah, should I work for that guy? And the other artist is like, yeah, he paid me every single time. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You get a little bit of that within the, the culture and within the community. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's mostly, um, you know, mostly what it was. And then the optimism side of it is you think some part of it's a show. So I, I say this uh, jokingly is like you get so many people that aren't just negative, like ne- like they think that being more negative gives more credence to uh, whether it's your intellect or whatnot. I mean, that's just kind of the culture that we live in. Like, well, if I could critique this he-man cartoon i will be looked at superior because i'm comparing it to the original and like whether Mm -hmm. it has to do with any of that stuff so there's definitely that angle where you know i've loved your guys' show because to have that creative element and that critical eye and thought processes there's nothing unhealthy about it it's how you choose to use it i think that can definitely, uh, you know, kind of say, hey, you know, are you going to be a jerk about it or are you going to be a thoughtful person that's caring? You know what I mean? Like, there's Mm -hmm. enough jerks in this world, you know, in my opinion, that uh, there's enough jerks for to go around for all of us. So I just mostly I try to stay on the side of, uh, you know, being critical, but also being kind in the sense of, like, I don't want to just, poop on something because i don't like it type of angle because uh, i just feel like it's a i feel like it's a low hanging fruit angle to to view things you know what i mean sure. so um um and again i'm not saying everything's perfect and anything in these books are perfect but you know you can find find faults in, in everything and everything and that's that's if, if you can find fault in anything 
what does that really prove? That just right. proves something that we already know. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, like, it's just, but yeah, I just, I recommend to everybody. I'm like, Hey, do you want to, And that's where a vision visionary wise. I mean, you guys have seen, and you're wearing the armies of Ashmore shirt. Like I literally just got the notification that my prototype action figures coming in the mail. And yes, I'm putting money towards some of this stuff, but what I'm a visionary. If Matt has a podcast he wants to do, or if Sean has a script he wants to do for a TV show, if you guys were to say to me, hey, what do you think about, I will feed into you as much as possible. Some of it will hit rock, some of it will hit soil, but and roll off the shoulder and and everybody. So that's just where my head's at. If you want to open up a golf course, you need a logo. I like that stuff, you know, so yeah. I think that how I view things, it doesn't just resonate in this superhero or this fantasy world. It just resonates as me wanting to breathe vision into other people's ideas because the greatest feeling I could ever have in the world is the hair standing up on my arm and being like, that's it. That's Mm -hmm. the idea. That makes sense. This fits right there. And until people get that feeling, uh, it's it's hard to describe, but whether it's, again, with a business or a job or a comic book or even uh, you built something, as yeah. soon as something clicks where you're like, boom, you're in that moment, it's like there's nothing better. So that's why I love I love the vision side of things. So mm-hmm. yeah, was that, that was was that Matthew or Dooch long winded enough or <laughs> Not, you're almost there, <laughs> almost there. No, but you're right. I mean, that that hits home, and Sean and I had that, too. Remember, when we were starting this show, we kept waiting. We kept saying, well, we're going to do this first. We'll do that first. We need this first. We need that. And finally, one day, I think I just messaged Sean, and I'm like, dude, let's just, let's just do it. Like, we'll figure yeah. it out along the way. Like, if we... Because that's what it turned into. It's like, well, we're going to wait for this. Then we're going to wait for that. Then we're going to wait for this. And it was the same thing. We were just sitting there and we were talking a lot and discussing, but we weren't getting anything out there. And so that's yeah. why that's why we had the early episodes with audio issues and this and that. But we were doing it. And, yeah. you know, and now we're to the point here where it's just like basically we can fire up the, the computer and get on and, mm-hmm. you know, just like anything else, it just it, it keeps going and going. So, yeah, yeah you got you got you got to go for it. It's you might as well. And yeah. it's, yeah, life's too short. Absolutely. <laughs> um, real quick here. I know we're on Modern Wonders today, but Defenders of Eden. Yes. What can we expect? How soon? How amazing? Uh, you doing Kickstarter? I, you just go into press? What, uh, where's I, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping September. That's okay. kind of my, that's, that's what we're, in the backgrounds working on. So he's sending me pages. I, I don't know if I've shared them with you, but I've tried to share them with a couple of people, but um, it's, it's weird being, being on the backside of a project and not being able to be on the front side. I mean, these guys and uh, we, we collect toys. So I'm like, yeah, you know, there's, a, there's a guy literally that knows what every single uh, toy line looks like for the next, or the waves of the new two toys coming out. Right. The new mm-hmm. the master toy line. But like they're not allowed to say anything. It's like it's you feel like that in some cases where it's like, I want to show you guys everything. I just can't yet. I just promise it's coming. So I'd say September is kind of what we're aiming for as far as issue three goes. And then issue four is going to be the final chapter in this arc 
So issue four is going to be the end of the trade. And um, obviously it'll be done beforehand, but it was originally pre-COVID. It was supposed to be this power con where we were able to sell the full trade. But again, everything kind of slowed down. So, um, And those will be Kickstarters too? Or do you think, do you yeah. think there'll ever be a point where idea from Mars is just printing? And I would selling love. I would love to meet a publisher that would want to do that. To be honest with you, I, I, I have no desire personally to, to publish these books. Um, I would love for that. It's just at this point with Kickstarter, especially it's just such a, a awesome platform that they have where, you know, you have re returning fans, you have your, email list and database of everything and you're able to shoot out and stuff it's 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 an awesome play i guess from what i've read you know kickstarter and indiegogo are the top two publishers of comic books you know the past couple of years because of how many books they actually do produce um on a technical level so um i would love to be able to i'm setting up right now you can go there ideasfrommars.com um, and I would love to be able to, I'm still figuring out cause I'm not a, I'm not a tech guy. So I would love right. to be able to sell these books online right now. If I knew how to do that, if you know somebody that wants to, to set it up for me, I will gladly drop them in the mail, but um, I would love to just go direct to consumer. But I just, uh, as far as time, energy and mm -hmm. effort, I do work, you know, 50 hours a week. And so it's, it's definitely uh it's definitely a, a little bit more time consuming than, than I'd like it to be, but yeah. Understood. All right, Sean, you got anything else for Mr. Rodriguez? Uh, I, I'm always impressed. Like I, <laughs> I'm, I'm like the other end of the spectrum from where Matt is. I, I am the guy that had, has tons of ideas and I, like we've talked about, just do it. I have always been the guy that I've, I've always found a way to say to myself, I can't. And so being a friend of Matt's uh, and both of both Matt's actually, because, you know, Matthew Dutch is just like, let's just do this podcast. And now all of a sudden there's right. people out there on YouTube going, Hey, it's a new episode of you guys. This makes my day. And I'm like, I made somebody's day. Amazing. Yeah. And, you know, Matt and, and with, uh, Matthew <clears throat> yep. Rodriguez, it's like, you know, I'm holding two issues of defenders of Eden. And he did that. That's amazing. Right. You know? So you know, it, it is impressive to me that he's been able to do this in the amount of time and the amount of ideas he keeps having. He seems like he's a never ending well of these ideas and, and, and the different influences. And it, 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 uh, the thing I, I got to say, though, is it is fun to see. Yes, the, he said, you know, like he said, there is no new idea, but it's the way you spin the idea. And, exactly. and when you look at some of the things he's done, like Defenders of Eden, I missed the Kickstarter on that, but when he did the second issue Kickstarter, boom, I, I got on board with that. And the next thing I know, I'm like, I see the love, I see the influence, you know, and I, I really think that's great. And with uh, Modern Wonders, I think that's great as well because uh, I've I've always liked X Men, and on top of that, I I like this idea of it's not X Men either. So you get to check that out and see what the differences are. Is. So. Yeah, huge kudos, basically, because I, I, I am it, always I really impressed. Do. I really appreciate it.
So Tila, so Tila, she, uh, she's got <laughs> arm muscles now, huh? <laughs> We're gonna go down that rabbit hole. Huh? <laughs> did you guys? Did I, you guys cover that stuff last? We um, last we we basically did the you you can't say what that is based on one image. Yes, oh, she has cool. arm muscles. I got into it actually. I'll admit this right here. I, there was a girl who did a clickbait video in the last yeah. week or so, and she's like a millennial YouTuber, and she just went off for about a ten to twenty minutes about this image, and she literally had to show her Google search for Andra. Because she, I don't think she right. knew who Andra was, but when she showed it, she's like, look what they did to Andra. She's a beloved fan love character. And I wrote her back. I'm like, you Google her. <clears throat> and I bet you any money most fans have Googled her. Because they don't yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it is what it is on these levels. But yeah, it's exhausting. I can't wait for the premiere just so that maybe a lot <clears throat> of these people having these problems either will be over Right. Or right. if they are really present, then we can address them and we can see right. what what actually is the point of them. Then I sure. like I like the one, and I don't remember if it was, it might have been the same girl. No, I think it was an article I read. It wasn't the video, and it was talking about how the new revelation was woke. You know, uh-huh. and the the article referenced tweets by random Twitter users. Yeah. Like, that was their big, like, look, it's woke because, you know, S. Boyd 375 said, oh, no, it's woke. And it's like... The funny thing is that, that those types of articles are written so much where, like, yeah, if you yeah. just start scrolling and you're like, wait a minute, there's literally no journalism... At no, all when it comes to this, so that's where, that's where you know you have to be careful because I'm I'm all about discussing you know anything to do with these shows, um, but as soon as it turns into a wait, okay, so why do you think that? And it's like, well, I was told to think that. It's like, okay, no, 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 that's not how this conversation is going to happen. It's like until like Sean says, we see any sort of evidence of anything right. with any of this stuff. It's like I think everything everything I've seen from Revelation so far, I know I wasn't on your last episode, but yeah, I think it looks fantastic. Um, yep. you know, some minor little like, hey, why is this shape that way type of thing with certain helmets and different things like that. But overall, you can tell this is He Man. I mean, and yeah. you could tell that they're they're honoring the source material, updating the animation. And um, and they give me Moss Man first uh, first wave toys. <laughs> I think that, that was probably number one on the list. First off, though, is the fact Moss Man is now a a, a uh, top tier guy in this. So yeah, but yeah. Eh. do do you think he's going to have the pine scent? The toy? Yeah. No, I don't the, think they will. No. In in the show, I I hope he does. I hope they mention it. That's. <laughs> there would be yeah. something. I mean, I could, see, I could see Kevin Smith doing something like that, like having a line, having yeah. a line. Of, well, uh, while while Neck and Manny faces are out back of the palace, you know, passing a yeah. door between them, they'll be like, <laughs> "Hey, you smell pine soul? Oh no, it's Moss Man. Oh, what's up? or goes like, I wasn't even supposed to be here today. <laughs> and, and then, then that guy. They... Yeah. Sorry, you go. You, you're up. No, there. you go ahead. <laughs> 
No, I was gonna, I was gonna say because I, so I missed um, your uh, rival podcast, the Podcasters of the Universe. They yep. wanted me on for their uh, episode where they discussed the new two cartoons, and mm-hmm. I was, I actually missed it because I was just way too tired um, to drive up to them, and so I've been like just itching to just even talk. Ah. About so I apologize <laughs> if you guys have gone over this no, stuff you're, you're um, before, but I, I've just been itching to, uh, to discuss the new two toy lines. So well, now, the I, the... I will put a warning out there though. Podcast of the universe. I yeah. told you, if you're going to take one of my hosts, you need to come <laughs> to me first. <laughs> and I did not receive a call, nor did my people receive a call. That's strike one, you guys. No more shenanigans. No backdoor deals here. You want Matt? Go through me. All right. <laughs> yeah, our producers are really, really stringent about that. Mm-hmm. Really, really, mm-hmm. they're locking down. Especially the closer we get to Revelation, apparently. Well, yeah. I mean, we yeah. got we got to protect the integrity of Legends of Grayskull first. I mean, that's, that's oh important. boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I, I I like everything I'm seeing out of the cartoons. I like what I'm hearing. I I like the lead-in comic. I mean, it's just it almost feels too good to be true. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe all these people are so pessimistic, and I am a lot too. That we're on the back of our heads, we're going like, it can't be this good. We've been Masters right. fans too long. There's always, there's always something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and even the images of that new CGI, they showed uh, a few of the yeah. toys. And for me, if you legitimately put to kids today and what they're used to seeing on TV yep. in front of a TV and you wanted to show them a Masters of the Universe cartoon, like that's what it would look like. It just, it just yep. would. And again, whether you don't like the fully tech angle of things or you don't like the animation style there's no reason why and and the thing is too with revelations it lines up like they're doing the animation house did uh castlevania and also blood of zeus which i i very much enjoyed um it's going to look like he-man but it's going to be in this animation style so it makes no sense for this other one not to be the same way so for he-man to be smiling and like kid friendly looking like yeah like that toy oh geez kids are gonna love those toys i think exactly. i think but um but yeah so this whole again it just kind of proves that like we jokingly said earlier that like to find fault in anything legitimately yeah. mattel is giving us an origins toy line that's yeah. articulated versions of what we grew up with right. now we can discuss quality or blah 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 and all that stuff later Articulated origins, a show continuing from uh, our childhood show, which is Revelations, and a CGI show from a new, right, uh, for a new generation, and three toy lines, right. Yet people are complaining, right. Yet people are complaining. So it's like what? (laughs) So so we're this that in itself proves that anyone having issues with anything is going to have issues with anything. So there is going to be that echo chamber of voices that just needs to be 
tuned out, in my opinion. On well, it. the, I think personally, at least the, the way that I viewed it is if you have a problem with it, you have a sense of this is mine and it's owed to me that it needs to be this way. Right. And I don't necessarily like I actually had a really long talk with my mom the other day about the Star Wars trilogies because I'm like, you know, fans feel they were owed this and this and this, but realize Disney is the one that's the corporate entity that's controlling this brand. Right. And I've said it on the on the um, on the show multiple times, but it's like, you know, this is Mattel doing what they're doing. You aren't owed anything. And I'm sorry, that's just how it works. If you don't like it, you don't have to buy it. It's that simple. You you are you are making your statement by not doing it then. Fine. But for the people who want to go, hey, this is something else. Because right. Lord knows what fandom other than Thundercats probably has it worse than Masters when it comes to new things. And the, the idea on top of that, that something new can be embraced and enjoyed by other people because we're so microscopic about filmation is the know all end all. And it's like, even as a kid, that was never my know all end all. So I'm one of those people that if you're moving on from that, I'm completely cool because I liked it, but I can do something different as well. And that isn't going to ruin it for me. And I'm, the only way you're going to ruin it for me is if at the end of the day, you, you don't say the man is he man. That's the lead of the show. There's no power sword, there's no gray skull, and there's no skeletor. If you take that stuff away, yeah, it's not going to feel right to me. But if you keep the essence of those things and you're saying, but we can make this a new flavor and it's a new thing or a, or a re, rebooting of something, I'm interested to go, well, how did, you, how did you keep what I love? And if you didn't keep that, what did you do that maybe I love now? you know and it's that thing then to me you know but it doesn't mean i'll hate it i agree and i i know we're gonna get we were just talking about this in the past few days we're gonna get to this but the only way i'm gonna be upset is if mattel goes the route they did in the 90s where they just did nothing with the property because at least if you're doing something there's a chance i'm gonna get something i like exactly it's that you can you have a zero percent chance of winning the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. So if there's yeah. and that's unfortunately where I think a lot of people want. They're like, well, if they're not going to do it the way I want it. Don't do anything with it. And it's like, well, who wins there then? So no us one. people who potentially could enjoy it get nothing. You still get nothing you like. But to be frank, it doesn't seem like there's much you like. I mean, if you well, can't be like happy. With two out of three toy lines being aimed at you, because I don't care what they say, Origins is aimed at us guys. Us guys that grew up with the 80s line. Yeah, kids that get it are enjoying it, but it is not marketed to them, and it's being ever more evident with every wave that comes out as they're tweaking things and changing things. They are focused on the adult collector with Origins. They're focused on the adult collector with Masterverse. Um... If you can't then let them try to get some kids interested, I mean, that's just not not a good stance, in my opinion. Well, and like you said, when Sean was saying about it <coughs> being ruined, the only way for me, it was exactly that. Like, the only way for them to ruin He-Man for me is for them to shut the door on all of the property and say, we're done with it. Right. 
that would be that would literally be the only way because we still we still see we still get the castle grayskull i got my attorney of minis packaging of the castle grayskull we we still right. get he-man in our lives in a new capacity in any sort of way so even if i don't like the cgi cartoon walking down right. the toy aisle and seeing those hang on a peg and seeing some kid buy one right that's going to make me happy mm-hmm. yeah not even you know and that's not even we're saying three toy lines really there's five out there right now because then you've got the minis and you've got the mega constructs it's like yeah if you can sit here and look at all that and go none of this makes me happy i mean that's your opinion but to me maybe you're trying a little too hard to be unhappy i mean if you can't find something fun in all of that i don't know that's just my opinion um because i think they're doing some great stuff um, not counting Masterverse or CGI because that's not out yet. Out of the 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 origins, the minis, the mega constructs, what do you guys look forward to the most? Or let's throw the Hot Wheels in there too. Why not? What what what's the one thing like if you guys go to a store right now and you're like, man, I hope I see this. My wife adores the minis yeah that's a good the point. minis are so much fun they take up less space yeah but the same thing with the with the, the mega constructs too it's like i don't have the castle but building these things and having an entire sort of a collection uh yeah having a whole collection of mega constructs sit on a like two foot by two yeah. foot area and you have this whole entire world right there it's pretty cool yeah, for me, it's definitely the mega constructs. They're just the character selection, the vehicles, and the posability on these little guys is amazing. They have incredible joints, um, really well done. And like battle you said, cats, you can... um, ankles move. Yes, every <laughs> battle cat's ankles move except for one. So, <laughs> yeah, for me, it's the mega constructs. That's the only piece I'm missing right now too. Is the uh, the castle? So. But yeah, everything, they are just great. But you know what's real fun, actually, is posing them around Classics Castle Grayskull because it looks massive. I mean, it looks like filmation scale uh, jawbridge there. That's actually a pretty cool idea. How about you, Sean? Um, Like, I'm I'm not into Origins like everyone else, but I actually do enjoy going to the store and seeing the Origins, especially... If it's not just He-Man or Skeletor, because there is yeah. there is that initial jump of joy in my heart when I see them, because in the last 10, 15 years, that is the one line that I kept going, it's missing on the toy shelves. Yeah, I could I could find Transformers, I could find Ninja Turtles, always find Star Wars. But the the other brand from when I was a kid that was huge was always He-Man. And you know, it's like, where are they? You know, and um, getting to see the different characters that they're churning out with each wave is kind of fun too. Um, it, it still hasn't won me over, but it's still fun to see that. And then uh, I am a newly converted Mega Constructs guy too. Um, I was actually trying to put together the Wind Raider and found out that I have pieces missing, so I guess I got to get in touch with those guys. Yeah. But um, but no, I I love. I, I've said it before. I, I the brand manager of that line should jump into the Origins line. 
because that that line, that guy, whoever that person is, they seem to get it even more than the origins people in some ways because there is the 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 way they think of it and right. and the different play sets that they're providing, the different vehicles they're providing. There is, I, I can see where it's going and it makes sense. Versus like with origins, there is that feeling of scare glows out already. But then there's the, and it's almost like this leapfrog game that they're doing and how they yeah. release certain characters and you're waiting for some that maybe should have been released earlier. Um, they, I, I am still a little lost on their mentality with that line, but Mega Constructs, it's fun. My son and I tried to put together the Wind Raider until we found out the parts were missing. And by, at that point, he goes, I want to go play with something else. Fine, because then I'm like, I got to email people, I guess. But I, still, I, it's I, fun. I can- I should show you, uh, there's a picture online. I downloaded it because I wanted to try to do it, but I guess somebody, uh, somebody took the wind Raider yeah. and made it into that boat and had the wings be the sails of a boat. And it looks, really, <laughs> it looks really That's cool. Awesome. They did that kind of a boat version of the wind Raider. Um, nice. I, I have to, uh, it's like a pontoon boat, boat then or whatever. Yeah, basically, cool. essentially, yeah. <laughs> no, they're great. And they incorporate all the action features and uh, one of the funnest things, most fun, more fun. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but they just randomly popped out another of those Skeletor heads on the shelf that comes with uh, Zodak and the Scuba Attack gear. Really? Yeah, that just popped up out of nowhere uh, a couple days ago. Skelly Vader actually was the first one to post. He found one in his local Walmart. Um, okay, so got... how many are there then? How many total are there then? So there'll be four now. Because there was the three. There was uh, Fisto. Fisto with the cliff climber. He-Man with the jet sled. Yeah. And uh, Trapjaw with the Grayskull cannon. Oh. And now there's a refresh case that has Zodak with the scuba attack with a uh, uh, burgundy-colored Skeletor hood. Huh. So, and that just ought, like, who does that anymore? For that just to like be on store shelves without leaked photos yeah. or review, you mm-hmm. know, all this lead up. Like, I love that. Just pump them out there. Exactly. Mega, like you said, Mega Constructs, that team gets it. That team. Yeah. I'd love to know more. Right, we got we to gotta find out about those guys. We got to get them on the show. Mega <laughs> Constructs, guys. I know you're yeah. listening out there. Uh, drop us an email. We'll, uh, we'll work something out. No, I, I get a kick out of them. Like I, I didn't have too many of them at first. I, I got a Tila in a trade. Uh, there was somebody that I was trading with, and he's like, "Here's some, here's something for your daughter if she yeah. likes these little figures." That was the first one I ever got, and I, I was like, "I'm impressed." I, I wasn't expecting to get into that line, and then I've been. I honestly, I haven't. I'm not a big Lego guy even to begin with, so it's like I'm more interested in collecting the figures for it because they're fun to just put on my desk or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and and mm-hmm. like you said, the amount of articulation is amazing for how tiny those things are. And I like yes, Battle Cat does have the ankle articulation, <laughs> and I I will never ever let Origins hear the end of that one because I'm like really out of everything you took, we can't afford that. But somehow nope. a little tiny figure you can afford that with. Okay. <laughs> so. Gotta love it. All right. Yeah. On that note, our producer yelling at me because we haven't taken commercial break in a while. Let's go to commercial. <laughs> we'll be right back. Stay tuned, guys. Legends of Grayskull will be back right after these messages.
where the Wonder Genome gives ordinary people like you extraordinary abilities. Now, let's catch up with two of our heroes, Long Range and his intrepid sidekick, Cloud Kid, on the hunt for the villainous Manic. Hey, this is Matthew Rodriguez. Thanks so much for checking out Modern Wonders uh, live on Kickstarter right now. Um, I've always had the idea to start a superhero universe, um, and finally it, it happens. So thanks uh, for checking this out, and I hope uh, you get to at least check out the Kickstarter, maybe share it, um, and if you like it, um, do a pledge and, and get the book and learn a little bit more. Thanks, everyone. To Legends of Greyskull. Welcome back, everybody. We're still here in episode 66 of Legends of Greyskull. Uh, we're here with Sean Skvarna and Matthew Rodriguez. You know, something just occurred to me, Sean. What just was that? in episode 65, we had the monumental occasion of our first three time guest host. Uh, with That's Yuka true. being on. Yuka. Now, with today, Matt Rodriguez has once again tied it up <laughs> to where now there are two three-time guest hosts. Uh-huh. So That is true. Just throwing it out there, Matt. Yuka, I mean, it's it's neck and neck Yeah, Yuka, <laughs> that guy is one of the smartest I have ever met. When it comes to uh, masters, yeah. I mean, he is—he is a knowledgeable kid um, and a great guy, and a talented artist. Actually, he doesn't really yes. flex the artist—the artist side of his uh, muscles, but he definitely is a, a great guy. So that's awesome to be mentioned in the same breath of his. Yep. I am—I will gladly accept. <laughs> so it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's Matt and Yuka tied there. Then it's got to be Danielle next. And mm-hmm. that's probably about it for multiple guessos, right? Everybody else just, you know, unless like, you... like Potu uses us and loses us. So, <laughs> well, uh, technically they were on the show twice, but we don't talk about the it, first only time. if it goes to air. <laughs> only if it goes <laughs> if... to air. Nothing so, else so that doesn't count. That, that doesn't, doesn't count. count. But yeah, so. no. I, I what, what what we killed me, and I, I forgot to bring this up last episode. I didn't want to bring it up actually with Yuka on. But I wanted to actually talk mention. Trash about him now? No, I'm now not going to talk a... trash about you. Oh, okay. But Just kidding, here's the go. thing: we love you. How often does he reveal his face to those of us, those of us down here, compared to him <laughs> up there? So, yeah. um, no, I'm just kidding, you. I'm, I'm just kidding. But when he was talking about the uh, CGI cartoon and the smiley face and all that, we we went into that a little bit. Right. The more I thought about it, I'm like, I think the CGI He Man is Yuka. I really do. <laughs> he looks a lot like Yuka, especially since we saw him and we got all the profile and all that stuff. I'm just like, 
Dude, if they didn't model him after Yuka, he should sue somebody at this point because it looks it looks really close. Yeah. I think that's part of why I'm embracing that show because it's like if they got him as their model of him, then how am I supposed to say that's wrong? Right? I mean, geez, the guy is is like he he is the the fountain of information for so many people, both new and old, that it only makes sense. Give the guys due. You know what there I mean? Go. Yuka's James Etock can then be man at arms. And that'll so, work. Hey, you got the, the buddy system there. <laughs> I don't know. Etock's got that righteous beard. I think he'd be more of a fisto. Yeah, all right, Fisto. Fisto. There we go. Look at that. We got we got Dolph Lundgren as King Grayskull. We got Yuka sure. as He Man. Yuka's He Man. We got uh Etock as Fisto. Fisto. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. <laughs> <laughs> I put oh, Sean man. as Graham Man. I don't know why. Got that, got that rain, man. <laughs> I, I I would never know that there could be masters. There's definitely superheroes that I pointed at and go, ah, oh, that'd be what I would do. Yeah. I think, yeah, Ram Man would probably be me because I'd be the one yelling shabooty and hoping not to die in the dark. Yeah, that, maybe, that be, maybe that's know, why I, I go there with you. I, <laughs> Rodriguez, um, I got I to gotta go Mechanic. I, I, I can see that, too. Look somehow. at that, right that there. Look at He's already doing it. <laughs> nice. uh, so, hey, Sony. Right here. <laughs> Logpod85 at gmail.com. <laughs> we got you covered. I've always, I've always had a soft spot for him because I feel like he's definitely uh, underrated. Yes. I, can, I, I feel like he is underrated. True. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, he could be used really, really nicely. All right, so wrapping up the show here, Matt had uh, a little bit of fanfic he wanted to talk about. Takes away. It's been all Matt show. I'm loving it. Fanfic. Okay, what are we talking? Oh, I know what we're talking about. I hope so. It was your idea. It was my idea. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna sit back and watch you two spar like this. This is fun. No, so, so essentially. Um, what we talked about with just again the heart of of He Man and, and what it what it is and what it means. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of exploration of new characters and just exploring a world more where it's the masters of the universe, where there's this kind of team. And so uh, the other day, when I I believe I texted both of you guys, I just said, "Hey, you know, I'm just kind of thinking about like a vision of what could you make." the master of the universe, whether it be a movie or a story where like everyone was who they are because of the noticeable qualities, but it wasn't exactly how we've seen it represented. So for instance, the easiest one to do would say, Hey, you know, they're on this plane. There's a bunch of these soldiers and there's a guy flying the plane and he's got his goggles on. He's got a gray beard. He's kind of a savvy vet. And he's got this kind of maroonish red, you know, uh, right. thing around his neck and uh, the helmet. And um, that's Stratos. And he's the pilot, you know. And so to have each character be more of kind of a, of a human version of them, how would they represent? Because, again, you you have very distinct things about them that like, oh, well, that's that's Buzz Off or that's right. Mechanic or that, you know. Would Mechanic be? Would Mechanic and Triclops be the scouts? Would they be the guys 
with the binoculars, you know, Absolutely. working with the snipers, you know, and that type of stuff. Um, and we started kind of just bouncing those thoughts around. And uh, the idea of it ended up being pretty cool in the sense of we talk about Keldor being who he was. And so this is where I started the story for Matt and he kind of took it and ran with it. And it was kind of fun. And I think Sean just sat back and uh, yeah. plugged in every once in a while, but <laughs> just I, I read through it actually. And I, I was like, well, you guys are on a whole different level. I'm just going to sit, like I said, I'll yeah. sit back and watch you guys go for it. It's I, fine. Liked, <laughs> I liked as you were going with it. I was envisioning more of, more of just a standard, not stand, but more of an earthly military movie, but with right. Masters character, a little more grounded in reality, a little less flights of fancy, and it was really uh, tickling the creative side of me. Um, so it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, and so so you have this ship, and they're on this thing, and we we ended up with I think it was uh, you got Man at Arm Duncan. Randor, Captain Randor, you got Stratos on there, he's flying the plane, you got Keldor, you got Cronus, and you have um, Triclops, Triclops. pre-Triclops. Biff. And uh, Biff, Biff. Yep, Biff. Um, Man, there's just something about, there's just, there's just something about that character that my wife absolutely adores. Yeah. And um, I, I, I mean, I've always been a Beastman fan. Like we said on that thing, I, uh, I'm, I definitely lean t- more towards I like the idea of if he was transformed into that. I yeah. like the idea of him communicating with animals and saying, hey, will you help me? Right. Um, but the whole him controlling every animal, I've never I've never been a huge fan of that just because, again, setting up that thought process. And if you're going to set up this world and this vision, let's follow through in every aspect. And that's one of the aspects that I don't really think they've ever mm-hmm really followed through only when necessary, you know? Well, Um, the funny thing is growing up, I never really took controlling as like mind control. I always took it as like you said, like he's, he's good with animals. Like either they're afraid of him or they want to follow him, but either way, it's the same thing. Like, like you said, I've always looked at it as he can communicate with them and he can usually get them to do what he wants them to do. Right. But if he was actually like mind controlling, like that's that's a heck of a power to be able to well, take any animal. I'm sure in filmation, he would go, he would do this, and then it'd like send out the circles. Like, right. I'm pretty sure that's how they did it in filmation. And yeah, I just, I, just eh. I always took it as he's talking to them. Like that's how they because he's not instead um, of having him sit there and go like, you know. But yeah, that sounds like that sounds familiar. Subtitles to be added in later by Steve. Firefighter. There you go. Let's let's see if Steve's listening this week. I'll get a message. I doubt it. I doubt <sighs> it. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I'm in, I'm in agreement. He's it's more he communicates with them than uh, than controls them because if you can control any animal you want. Me- just send them all at once, all the time. Like, why are you even playing around? Right. Mm-hmm. So, and then we, I think we said there were a bunch of grunts, too. Yep. Who you may or may grunts. not turn out to be worthwhile later. Right, exactly. So you kind of have this uh, a whole group kind of going in. And whether they go through a portal or they go somewhere, 
Um, essentially, it's this is the team that's sent to figure out what is this evil, and the evil ends up being Hordak and just this this new magic that you know we're not familiar with. So, um, the team gets separated. I believe that's what happens. Um, first of all, Beastman gets lost. He's right. Biff. He's just a normal guy. Again, I don't know what the last name is. Is it Strowman? Braun Strowman? The, the wrestler that's figure? That's the that wrestler. Time. Yeah. Um, the wrestler. Whenever I picture that beard and that character, I'm just like, right. that's Biff Beastman. Like, that's kind of <laughs> you know, that's. I think that it would be kind of a cool uh, origin story for him to be that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so you have that character. He kind of, he falls <laughs> Let's say he falls off the plane. He gets lost in the woods. You know, he's right. doing his own thing. His own thing is he gets bit and he transforms. Right. So he comes back later. So let's say he transforms. Then you have your your scouts and your team. And essentially what happens is that you have your Captain Randor who's, mm-hmm. hey, this evil, we got to kill it. We got to destroy right. it. It's too powerful. It's this magic. It's too unknown. Let's squash it. And then you get his sidekick or the second in command, which is a Keldor character. We don't really need to know if it's brothers or whatever, but Keldor definitely has the, you know, the whole Lord of the Rings. Like if we can control it. Right. then like, let's discover, like, let's figure this out first. Let's not. So there's definitely a different theory in, in how we handle this uh, situation between those two guys, for sure. Do you, do you like the idea? And it just came to me now. Is it just Keldor that's saying if we can control it, or does he have some some extra orders that maybe Randor didn't get? Well, if you're saying if there's a if there's another power to be that's saying, hey, let's yeah, let's, yeah, yeah maybe oh. he's maybe they knew Randor wouldn't wouldn't follow through with try like they know Randor he's just going to try and destroy it so then they talk to Keldor and they're like well hey if you can if you can bring some of it back for us right. or you, you know what that, I mean. political, that political element of it where you have the whether it's the the council or, or a group of people that want to know a little bit more that are again yeah uh looking out for themselves in a power kind of a power sense right um yeah oh yeah for sure that could be an element of it could be um, uh Maybe maybe pull a page out of Eternity War and have King Hiss has actually infiltrated the council, and right. he and he's you know given some orders to Keldor, knowing what Keldor is going to. He knows he's going to the Horde, so he's got he gave him some secret orders because I think that plays into Keldor's vanity and everything. Like he's like, yeah, you know, I'm below Randor, but I got these special orders. Like they came just to me for this. You know, right, right, right. That, right. That I, like, play, I like that. That would play right into his, his, his mindset of, you know, he's really the best. And so when they get to this point, that's when Kelder's like, look, this mission isn't what you think it is. Like, I've got I've got special orders that they didn't even trust you with. You know, right. that's that's well, and, a little even, rift. Yeah. And even when it comes down to that is that you have. So from his standpoint, then if you go that route is. Hiss is already planning on overthrowing Eternia. Oh, absolutely. And so the last thing Hiss wants is another evil faction that would ruin his plans. Right. So he needs to figure this out. <coughs> and if there's a way that he can get gain access to or control any of it, 
that he um, he he definitely would uh, be a fan of sending Keldor and saying, "Hey, you know, you're go you guys are going in to do this, but right. wink, you know what I need you to do, right? Which is to do some reconnaissance for me." Um, and so, yeah, you have them. So they're going into, let's say, the fright zone type of area, and uh, you got the there's basically a, a, a disconnect what happens. And I think that there's definitely, I, I don't know what the ex- exact uh, situation is, but we definitely have some key moments where you get the uh, Cronus, Keldor and Triclops going right. And you well, get no, the not, ran- not Triclops. Remember? Oh yeah. 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 No, you are, you are correct. So Triclops with them, <laughs> you get a couple grunts that go with them. Right. Triclops sides with Rand. They have this big argument. Who's yep. going for what? I'm thinking yep. Randor. I think at this point, maybe they've already uh, engaged the Horde at one point, and Randor realizes oh, sure. that that like we're not going to win this. These guys are tough. There's a ton of them, and so at that point, Randor is like, "We just need to cut our losses and try and get out of here. We need to get wherever, get a signal flare, like." Get the plane. Let's go home. We're not ready for this. Right. The, these Keldor, troopers, this this technology. It's we're not. We're we're we can't handle this. It's a done mission. We've gone right. as far as we can. We're going to return with what we know. And right. Keldor is like, no, we right. need to continue. I got to get this. Whatever his told him to get something, and or maybe a power source that the horde uses. There's something. That Keldor's looking for in the fright zone. I think that's that's right. the key. And so he's like, "No, we need to ke- we need to press on." And the two factions just splinter. But I think Triclops he is he is a stand up guy. He's a good member of the guard. He yep. sides with Randor. He said, "No." And this even plays into it. Even plays into him being kind of that heroic buck, where like yeah. you know people early on whether he was supposed to be a hero or a villain, and uh, so mm-hmm. then a little bit of a skirmish takes place <coughs> and Triclops uh, gets injured. Yep. And then Duncan says, we will be back for, you know, puts him off to the side. They kind of yep. have him hidden. He's, he's okay, but he's really hurt. They've got to get the med right. kit, all this other stuff. And so he decides that, Hey, you know, we have to, you know, save him. And, and, and Triclops, he, you know, sir learned under Duncan, you know, he's yeah. probably going to be the next, realistically at that point, you know, he's going to be the next next, next man at arms because he's technology wise, he understands it. He's his brightest exactly. student. And so he's there. And then when they get back to the ship, Randor pulls an audible and is like, yeah. we're going. Right. Mech an expert, his neck's broke. Right. But we left. And Duncan's like, hey, I'm a man of my honor. I'm right. a man of honor. Duncan says, I told him we'd be back for him. Yeah. I can imagine just horde troopers just surrounding the ship. Like they put on the radars and they're just, they're just everywhere and they're right. closing in. Right. Like, the scene. We've got to go. Yeah. Maybe buzz off. This is, is there. Buzz off is on top of the ship, like trying to right. hold guys from getting into the ship. Right. And Randor says, no, we're leaving. I'm making a call. And at that point, Duncan is nice. super upset. And he decides, and he has to listen. And so there, there's that moment where Duncan, right. 
realizes that he his rank in this situation he's outranked yeah he has to as a soldier go with him right and Ranger. he realizes that un un uh i guess it, it wasn't intentionally but he unintentionally uh you know lied to you know one yeah. of his student one of his you know soldiers I can just picture Rander goes, Duncan, I ordered you to get in the ship. Right. And Duncan, and Duncan did, is the type of character. No wards, or even just like a, yes, captain. And just, but just the look on his face is like, I. Oh, you see, you see it. You see it that he, yeah. that he realizes that the phrase he said to Triclops, he yeah. shouldn't have said, like he realizes right. it was a promise he didn't know he could keep. And it was sort of a, a passionate promise in the middle of a battle. Yeah. And now he feels like he betrayed him, which plays and, up obviously later on. And Sean, you and I, uh, you and I had this conversation before in a previous episode. I'm t- Duncan remembers every soldier he has ever let down, left behind every loss on that battlefield. He remembers all their names, what they like. Like he's not, yeah, he's the man at arms, but by God, every one of those guys under his command means something to him, and so it's, yeah, he keeps moving forward, but it it wears on him. Well, the, it, like just jumping into the to the sandbox here. I mean, the the thing that mm-hmm. I like about that is if he if Triclops was supposed to be the next guy, he'd yeah. know him like exactly. a son. And it's like, you know, he already, you know, like, I guess Tila might be in the picture outside of the story, but it's the whole idea of you know, him <laughs> looking at Randor and he, he, before he even says, you know, yes, yes, captain or something, it could be almost like, you can't make me leave my, and then he stops himself almost. And then he, and then he does the yes, captain. And he, he just walks up because he knows he can't fight it, but it's like. You're forcing me to leave my yeah, son on the battlefield. So, so that's you know? the, yeah, that's the the two levels that happen is the the first level where he's just like, you know, uh, Duncan's trying to reason with him, like from a battle standpoint, like no, right. like there is this chance that we can go get him. I'll be right back. I'll take him. I'll take Buzz off with me. You know, our Ram Man will protect us. Blah blah blah. And you have that kind of that reasoning side of it, and then. As he's saying it, he obviously knows like he's look he's in his head, he knows it's like a five percent chance. Right. And then Randor shuts that down, and then the next trigger is like him being like all of a sudden he a little bit of an emotional uprising yeah. in that where he's like, But I told him blah 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 blah. And like even Randor saying, But you shouldn't have told him that. You know, like that type right. of thing, like you should know better you don't make promises like, like maybe not those phrases, but like you should have known that. And then all of a sudden it clicks in his, his head and he just looks down and he's just searching for words and he can't find any. And Rander says, I order you to get on this ship. And like Duncan has never disobeyed an order like type of thing. Like it's just not in his character, but this is the first Mm -hmm. time it's ever been an order that he wanted to disobey. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, nah, so it. Sean, you're with us so far. Everything. Okay yeah, for you? I'm picking, I'm, I'm viewing it almost like as call of duty attorney, right? Because yeah. we're not using them as the traditional, but it's almost like here, here's a warfare sequence using these characters. Right. And it but makes, of course, ra- it, like yeah. Ram man might have like a, a battle battering Ram sort of right. thing. And he might sure. be of a Husky guy, you know, yeah, he's yeah. a bigger um, guy. 
He's got extra padding. He's got his 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 full jacket and everything else. You know, he's yeah. It was it was it was, it was like, like a quick reference to say it that way. Like I'm not I'm not picturing quite exactly Call of Duty, obviously, but it's like this is the way I'm right. in my head. I'm processing it like that, and I'm like, yeah, right. this is working for me. So, but 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 again, the 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 colorization and sort of the character side of it to kind of be like, no, right. like any Masters fan would watch what well, we're like, watch this animated one hour show and be right. like, that's totally E-Man. And like, mm-hmm. it's undeniable. Even if it was all different names and all different stuff, you'd watch it and be like, no, that's him. That's him. That's mm-hmm. him. That's him. <laughs> um, and then, so you get, they get on the ship and like Stratos is like an old vet. Like Stratos is like, yeah. bro, I've, I've lost other pilots. Like I, Hey, see ya. Like they're so there. So you get three perspectives from the ground they lift off and fly away, whether it's through the portal or whatever. And like, maybe that's what they need to figure out. Like there's this portal and our, our Eternia doesn't like, this is the first time portals have ever happened or opened. So we need to figure this out. So they're the sent in to figure this out. They want to figure out how to shut it. Keldor wants to figure out how to control it or something along those lines. So they're lifting up. So as they're lifting up, we see three perspectives. We see this guy that's transformed into this sort of beast character, sort of, Mm -hmm. again, like from the movie, looking up, and he's in the jungle. We see this other crew, which is Keldor and Cronus and and a couple bad guys. We see them looking up in their part where they're at. And then the third one is Triclops broken, and his vision is jacked up. Yeah, something happened to his Almost like almost like foggy he mm-hmm. can see through the wrapping or the bandage he can see the shape of the ship and he realizes what just happened right and so that's where when they decided who was going left and who was going right he sort of unintentionally or intentionally he's like i chose the wrong way like that's when he kind of decides he chose the wrong way and right. now he's going to side with Keldor on you know, future missions or whatnot or whatever. So, so then, uh, so yeah, so then yeah. Where, well, where, where, where do we go from there? Then I'm, I'm trying to remember. Well, then you got, you got, yeah, Keldor, it was Kel, basically everyone at this point just gets messed up. Uh, Keldor tries to engage with the horde to try and get this MacGuffin he's after. And, you know, it does not go well for anybody. They find Triclops, and, and kind of recruit him, but he's already banged up. Cronus just gets beat up, you know, loses an arm, and you know uh, he gets all all messed up. Um, and then Keldor ends up. Uh, oh, and some of the grunts they're with, uh, they get left for dead, and and basically it gets down to just Keldor, Cronus, and Triclops at that point. Which so they not, retreat. They retreat into the into yep. the swamp. They just they into find the swamp. they find this random swamp and they they find this hut. They find a woman, a woman, yes, who has turned. And they they do not they do not find um what's her name, Mad Madam Mim. Uh, you guys know the sword in the so- stone. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so so picture That's that, cut. except it's a slender. Yellow skinned, yeah, from living, you know, Eternian, Eternian humanoid character yep. 
um, named Evil Lynn, and she's a yes. witch that lives in these woods. And so yeah. she's wherever they're at, if it's a portal or whatnot, she resides there, and she is at one with this magic. So Keldor definitely takes a liking to mm-hmm. her because again, she's introducing him to elements that maybe he, maybe the only pieces of these elements he has seen was King Hiss. Like, you know yeah. how Anakin's by Anakin's with uh, uh, the Senator and yep. like, there's just this feeling around him and like Anakin <laughs> likes that feeling and it's something that's foreign to him, but it's this magical feeling. And that's how Keldor feels with, king hiss and so when he feels that near evil in he's like oh there's this new thing i really like it i want to be part of it and so they take a little bit of time and heal up through you know remedy and magic uh with her and again beast man is uh doing what he does you know and maybe after after you know there i'd say cronus is probably the worst off but she's keeping him alive and then once triclops heals up i mean obviously he was raised under Duncan, he was going to be the next man in arms. So then he starts scavenging kind of some horde tech and, you know, you know, he, he helps Cronus, you know, he, he gives him a, a prosthetic arm and stuff like that scavenge yeah. from, from, you know, remains of, of horde troopers and stuff and, and basically builds him up into trap jaw. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he could even find some, some, scrapped visor that he you know he uses it to help improve his vision because uh the cloudiness has never really left but he he's rigged this thing so that it helps you know basically corrective lenses so and, well, and corrective lenses in the sense of that technology <clears throat> where you have you know horde visor and, and this stuff right where he's realizing like all of a sudden mate what if like uh one of the horde troopers this robot that they killed like the lens on top of the that cord robot, he looks through it and he's looking around <clears throat> and like evil lens magic. It like creates this glow in a certain way. Yeah. And then he turns it over to Chrome, uh, uh, to, to Keldor and other, and humans glow a certain way. And he's like, Oh, if I use this lens, I can just twist it right here yeah. and I'll be able to see this supernatural element that I wouldn't be able to see with my normal corrective lens. And so that's kind of what gives them the idea to, um, I'll have to find the picture. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, I actually did a a triclops uh, kind of a revision and basically it's a triangle and it's got the three circles in it. And it's one of those, like, do you see it better this lens or this Do you see it better this lens or this lens? And I created uh, uh, a revision where Triclops, he had one of those triangle things right here on his helmet. And he had the three different color lenses and it just spun like this. So it was kind of a whole whole different idea, but kind of keeping the exact same theme where he Mm. could just twist like like this this blue circle here. And then also he'd have the red circle and it was just that one piece from, uh, you know, from the the eye doctor. uh, Mm -hmm. Right. So. So it'd be like sort of like that kind of the lens would give them a different property where like, hey, this horde tech is advanced and I can actually see again, whether it's right. infrared or whatever sort of element it is, it sort of translates more in like we said, the call of duty slash mm-hmm. you know, warfare type of elements. Um, mm-hmm. which could be pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So basically during this time they're all kind of healing up, getting 
twisted and transformed into what even more what we've come to expect but in like i said kind of a more natural way i really like it and at the same time uh eventually they would meet up with with B- biff who's completely transformed now i mean he's he's the biggest one um but basically and he has that and he yeah. has that element of of uh the thing where it's like, yep. no, it's me. Like it's this, it's me. It's where, where I think I was even saying to you where, you know, he's, let's say he can't speak yet. And he's just like, rah, rah. and in, in his yeah. head, he's like, Keldor, it's me. Like in his internally, that's what he's saying. Keldor is looking at this thing, walking up towards him. And all it's saying is raw. And right. so maybe they get in a little bit of a skirmish to the point where uh, all of a sudden, like, he's just like, it's me. And then right. Keldor like looks in his eyes and he's like, Biff? you know, like that type of thing where I think it could be kind of a cool, uh, you know, a connection because obviously they've all grown to, because they all looked up at that ship leaving. And at that right. moment they have this, this kind of unifying moment where they're all like, even if we make it back, yeah. we're not, we were abandoned by them. Right. You know, sort of a thing. We're the left mm-hmm. behind. We are, you know, and for, for like Triclops and Biff at the time, they literally think they're all alone. You know, they're, uh, right. they don't even have any way of knowing that Keldor and his group, you know, for all they know, they made it back to the ship. So they right. really thought they were, they were just like, okay, it's me. I'm going to die on this alien world with no one, you know, no one I know. And, um, and so Keldor utilizes that so that as they're recouping like they're really forming this bond to where Keldor knows okay even if we go back even if we make it back like these are my guys now and we're gonna you know we're gonna take it to the council that's that's Keldor that's what's getting Keldor through all this like he's like I'm gonna get back at Randor I'm gonna get back at the council he's even turning on Hiss at this point you know he's like I'm done this is it I'm going back there, I'm taking over, I deserve to rule that, you know, you're not going to leave Keldor behind, I'm the best yep. there ever was, you know, and it's... Um, how many, how many, uh, how many grunts did the Horde troopers take back to Fright Zone to experiment on, was it? Uh, three. There were three, three. grunts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, and so... I know uh, one of the grunts was, uh, he was just kind of a, sort of a, a rebels type of, uh, daredevilish character. He always loved jumping out of the plane first. He always loved like, yep, yep. Hey, you know, I might not make it back from this mission. <clears throat> um, you know, there's one guy like that. I'm pretty sure. Yep. 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 And then there, there was, uh, the, the guy who, well, it was his best friend actually there. They, they they weren't high up in the, in the group, so you know Randor probably didn't even know their name. But yeah, he was he was best friends with that daredevil, uh, always willing to you know uh, stick an arm out for anyone, stick their neck out for anyone. You know, really just anything they can give, uh, he would. So right, yep. And uh, because because he gave so much when he served, you yeah. know, served Eternia, and he joined he joined up to serve Eternia. A lot right. of people think that like his he whether it be his home life and eternity life and, and his marriage and family, he was just stretched thin. He felt like he yep. was being pulled in every direction. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. One of those guys. Yep. And then the, uh, the other guy was, uh, he, he was, he was more kind of a, um, 
a civil services worker who was always really good with like with like the water and everything. Um, back at he was a firefighter actually uh, before he joined up, and but he just mm-hmm. felt it was his duty. But he was always really good with plumbing and water and everything. So, yeah, yep. um, and those guys. guys are being experimented on. So they obviously yeah they. Everybody thinks they're dead, uh, but really, come to find out that the Horde does a lot of these kind of genetic and technological manipulations on on people, and that's that's their whole shtick. So, hmm. uh, interesting. Who knows what'll happen to those guys? <clears throat> that could bode for an interesting future. It could. <laughs> it could. Um, and so I guess the last big part of our, our of our epic origin story here is uh keldor was i mean they know they're stranded um so keldor was actually going to go bargain with hordak to find a way home and to try and get them back like um he actually just goes up there and you know waving the white flag and seeks an audience i feel and he's basically uh he's like i'll do whatever you want if you get me back to eternia um, right. And so to me, I think this is where we make like this is the easiest way in this universe to make the transition, especially since we know the Horde is doing these genetic and technological experiments like Hordex Hordex says, OK, I'll send you home, but I'm going to experiment you on it first. He could even phrase it as like, I'm going to experiment on you. If you survive this, I will send you home because he's got this like really gruesome experiment he wants to try that no one's ever lived through before and have it have it and and basically he ends up turning him into into a skeleton like creature uh like a living skeleton um hordex doing this like create an army that can feel no pain and stuff like that i mean there's some ways you can play with that mm-hmm. and you know, have it just be that that magic combination of of I think we've already hinted that that Keldor's got a, a a bit of innate sorcery to him, even if he doesn't know it. Coupled with just that fire for revenge is what makes him be the first to survive this crazy experiment that's literally ripping the flesh from his body, and it really amps up his his sorcery powers. I like it. It's almost like a really bad version of the Captain America super soldier experiment. Right. It's like, yeah. it's like the most demonic or damned version of that. Right. Keldor signs on for. Yeah, exactly. And, well, and, the, and the thing, the thing with that too is you could, I mean, okay. So this could take it in a, obviously we're, we're talking about uh, a franchise here, so I'll right. go into it. Um, you have it be where Keldor says, you can, I'll do this for you, but you got to send my crew back. Like Keldor doesn't even go back. Keldor okay. is like, I'll turn into the, I'll, I'll, you can do this to me, but you need to send all of these guys back. So basically when he sends back, he sends back evil in, Beast Man, mm-hmm. Triclops, Trap Jaw, Snout Spout, Extendar, and Spoiler Alert, Drags- <laughs> and, and Dragster. He sends all of those guys back. Now, 
only two of them actually like want to go back and be masters. Right. But the rebel without a cause and all the other ones that felt like they were intentionally left behind for dead, they start this new faction in part of Eternia waiting for, and maybe he says something to evil in. He said he, because now he's in love with this chick because she's freaking, she's crazy. Right. And he says, he says, I'll find my way back. So whether or not he's turned directly into Skeletor right at that moment, or Keldor serves under Hordak for a short period of time, right. waiting for his chance to get seek revenge and get back. And who knows in that pocket of time, he bargains with, uh, he bargains with Hordak and says, if I go back cool. and he says, you have to bring me a child, one life for one life. Right. And, and that's how he earns his way back. <sighs> Go with it. Go with it. What? <laughs> well, no, I, I like that. I like that he he would obviously jump at the chance to go get this this baby of Randor's. You know, I like that. The, the, you bring up a good point. He's needs Skeletor needs to be gone for a while. Um, and then when he comes back, Randor's settled down. He's got the the kids and everything. And I like but, that he comes back. I like that when he comes back, he has his own faction waiting because Evelyn right. and that faction, they're they're they've been preparing for him. The only thing I want to put in there is he's more than happy to go get the baby for Hordak. He doesn't even care what happens to it. Like you said, he gets to he gets to hurt Randor and you know uh do this for Hordak. He's all in. But I don't see Hordak willingly letting this guy go because he is he's the only person who's ever survived this experiment. He's training him. He's immense power. Skeletor goes on the mission gladly, gets the baby, goes to the drop off point, And that's when he basically gives Hordak the middle finger and says, yeah, I'm done. Here's the baby. <laughs> I'm not coming back. And he's right. gained so much sorcery and power that he can now close these portals on his own. Like, right. he messes with Hordak's thing. He's, and he's not only has Hordak been doing stuff to him and he's been working for Hordak, right. he's also been discovering stuff on his own and planning exactly. for this move. Like, Hordak doesn't... Right, Hordak doesn't realize how much power he's really gained. Skeletor's been hiding from him how powerful he really is. He's been sneaking lessons with Shadow Weaver. You know what I mean? Like, he's... And so, so when the time comes, he, like I said, he's maybe, Shadow, maybe Shadow, maybe Shadow Weaver helps him because he's like, because he's connected to Shadow Weaver in a, in a certain way that Hordak never has because Shadow Weaver right. is her elemental <laughs> side of the magic where Hordak comes from more of the technology side of things. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, and so that leads to the betrayal that leads to the, to the, okay, we're, we're done here. I'm out of the horde, and then that leaves, that just ticks Hordak off. You know, he's like, <laughs> "Hey man, that Skeletor when I when I get back there, he is going to pay for this." You know what I mean? So and so then you have it where Randor doesn't know technically who took the baby, right? You have he just Keldor knows this demon took it. Like he's got right, and I like that. I think that's important. 
don't let Randor know right off the bat that this is Keldor. Mm-hmm. I'm down. So then, the, yeah, you're good, Sean. Uh, the, the one thing I was going to say is the way this goes, it's like an evil version of Doctor Strange. But if you think about it, I'm not saying you're cribbing it completely, but the thing that I like is, you know, he comes, he needs the help. He's gone. He goes, it's like going to the ancient one <laughs> and the ancient one Love is it. like, well, you know, and then, and then, and then they, they, they bring him in. He gets everything he needs and the astral form is learning stuff in the background while he's doing other stuff. And he's, you know, I kind of dig that. And it's like, it's like, here's the, the darker version of that. There's and the no one... original story anymore. Well, I'm not <laughs> trying to be that guy, but yeah, no, I like it. But the thing is, um, something I thought of watching 2000X and the, the episode yeah. in particular where it went into, um, it, it, like uh, when he met Evil Lynn. Because you guys are, are establishing yeah. about the, meeting her and all that stuff. And in that one, I was like, how crazy would it be to have a, a show or a movie? I know they did it in certain things, but, but focusing instead of the hero having the love interest, it's the villain having the love interest for once. Because right. Teal and He-Man, it's hinted and there's fan speculation. But yeah, Evil Lynn and Keldor, there is legit, like, I like what I see. You know, like her doing guess, that whole thing. I guess even unintentionally, like, you know, Rodriguez threw this out there, but basically we were looking at the whole thing like this is Keldor's story. Like, yeah, that's the it, way it, I, it is. That's the way this is all played out in my mind. I didn't even put it to words like that, but when he threw this out there, I'm like, everything... Just about every plot point is like this is why he he is the way he is in this story. It's it's all yeah. about him. It's about those guys, the left behind guys. It's about their transformations. Yeah. They're dealing with that and their reasons for it. Now it's not saying yeah. you could then shift because I think that would basically make up the 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 bulk. I I would think that would be the bulk of the first story arc, Matt. I don't know if you're on the same well, page, but well, that would be well, like. Yeah. The end of it is him getting back to Eternia, betraying Hordak, and and meeting up with this group. And it's like, okay, and that's that's one. You know what well, I mean? And, and, the, and the thing is, too, you have Beast, Beastman transformed. Mm-hmm. Trapjaw and Cyclops are, are obviously artificial. We have this witch that, like, we don't know that much about, but we can we trust her? <clears throat> but right. the thing, too, to, to keep it tight and more like this new version would be they come back through, like they get sent back through, through the sacrifice of Keldor. Mm-hmm. So not only do they hate Randor for what he did, right. Their lifelong allegiance with Keldor for literally sacrificing himself. Right. They come back. They're still part of that military. Triclops right. still is part of that military, but guess what? He still has that with Duncan where Duncan is trying to say, and Duncan say, Hey, I had to do what I had to do and I'll always regret it. And Triclops literally says, I'll never forgive you. And they still, maybe they, maybe evil and teaches them or they, you know, she's part of this new, uh, whether it be faction, but like this new arm of the military government in Eternia, because now we have more of this technology or this more magic side where <laughs> Triclops understands more of this technology. So now Triclops is inventing stuff that Duncan might not have ever invented because he's using this sort of like v- vulture in Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. Is it far from home or no way home, home or coming. whatever? 
Homecoming. Homecoming, yeah. You're like, you're using this new technology to make stuff. I didn't and think so about tr- that. Yeah, keep going. You're good. So, yeah, so they, so they come back and they're back in the military. That's even better. So then, so then when Skeletor shows up, he's actually got. They're embedded. Eyes. He's got, he's got spies. In, I mean, eventually they're going to make in this. I would assume that's where the second arc is going, where it's Skeletor staging the, coup, the great yeah. unrest. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's, they're pulling, they're pulling, you know, Ripple now they're getting the just inside. Royal Guardsmen on their side and. Uh, yeah, it's going into more of a, a Hail Hydra, like, hey, we were here all mm-hmm. along. Um, mm-hmm. Triclops has built all these fail safes in and everything else where it really So that sh- when they, yeah, when they do leave, then uh, Dragster is like, F you guys, I'm going to have fun with these bad guys. Like, you know, right. and like everyone's like, like really drawing the line in the sand where yeah. they they become, I guess, what would the term be if you're dis, uh, uh, dishonorably discharged? Like, they would be basically... So they're AWOL. Going, they, they go AWOL. Yeah, they, they go AWOL, mm-hmm. and that's when Snake Mountain, or yeah. Snake Mountain, and this would be like a bunker hideout slash secret base location where it's like, that's in and, this mountain, and, even, and that's where they can hide. And even then, right before they leave, like, Triclops, like, does a virus or a failsafe or something like shuts everything down. So where yeah. like man in arms is like, they're going to attack here. They took a ton of weaponry. They took vehicles. They took everything and we've got nothing, you know, it, and it really, uh, uh, that could really up some stakes there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Because I think that, I think that that, that whole arc for the second one shows how, excuse <coughs> me, the divide happens. Snake Mountain is formed. Right. They have their faction, and it it's, sets it up for the third, which would be, which Civil would be. War. Oh, it's He-Man. Okay, yeah. Oh, are we doing Civil War? Well, I guess well, the second one. <laughs> the second one, I guess, would be Civil War, and then yeah. the th- and then the third one would be like the 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 return of the Jedi. The the you know the the savior comes right. um, adam stepping up yeah so base yeah. and and we've ran really long today guys we will come back to this i want to uh, we're putting on right now i want to plot out this second one and then we're going to come back a third time we're going to do the third one so matt you've got to come back at least two more times <laughs> i appreciate you guys i'm, yeah, I'm sure my, my Sean's got one more thing i think yeah. i i gotta throw one more thing in here and this this sure. is this is actually going for the uh, female audience, especially uh, a certain toy hunters out there. She thought that the two, the rise of evil two pack Keldor was quite attractive. If I, if I remember correctly. So one thing that I think needs to be done in this, because like I said, the whole idea of the villain gets the romance in this versus the hero where the hero is the one that, they, they have the will they or won't they? They don't have a defined, more brother and sisterly relationship at that point. Yep. So you have Keldor working in with his charms and his goatee and everything with Evelyn. Right. And then after he goes through the trials with Hordak, the fact that he survives it works his way in with Shadow Weaver. And he's using every possibility and everything in his arsenal, including his charm and charisma and yes. that goatee, 
yes. to make sure he gets back to his people again. Right. But yeah. I, I just, I like that where it's like masters doesn't have that typically, but right. it's, it's like, and out of all the characters to say Skeletor would be the guy. But when you look at him as Keldor, you're like, Oh yeah, I wouldn't trust anybody. I wouldn't trust my wife alone with that guy. Right. I don't yeah. think Matt would trust his wife alone with that guy. So there's that element there of that could be kind of fun I, to play I, with and, and have them in a different light for a little bit. Unrelated, Sean, but um, does it look like Matt's trying to grow a goatee right now? He looks like he's got a little, <laughs> a little something it's, going on there. By chance, I don't know. Maybe she's huh. talked him into having That's a little bit of a... A little you know, weird there. Little something, something, Just saying. You know? You never know. <laughs> no, I like I'm that. I like... Her, I'm going to start calling her Evelyn Powers. There you go. I love it. <laughs> Excuse me. No, this 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 has some potential here. I like it. I get. Well, how about that? Because I, I know you mentioned the goatee afterwards. I guess I was envisioning uh, after the trials with Hordak that he does actually have the skull face. What do you guys think? Oh, he well, does. You were, I think you were. I think you were yeah. gone at that point. I think okay. you definitely could go that. You could go that route, or you could go the route of still having the two thousand X him and Randor standoff situation happen. I think you could go either way. Um, you could. I I kind of like the fact that if you went the opposite way and you had him with the skull face by that point, and Shadow Weaver is more drawn to him then. Yeah, and there's that element. Like he's still of, got all his charm and everything, but he, yeah. To yeah, me, I think he's still. I think he still loses his face. Like yeah. he, I think the Hordak trials make him lose his face, and I think that helps because, like I said, I don't want the second he shows back up for Randor to be like, "Oh, hey, Kelter, what's going on?" Like, yeah, that, exactly. Even in 2000X, that didn't sit well with me. It's like, no, that's well, and the, too. And the soon. thing with, and the thing with that is, too, actually, yeah. If we do go that way, then. Him literally, like, what kind of saint would he be? He shows back up right, X amount of years later because he sacrificed himself, mm -hmm. sending his troops back. His troops come back. They're yeah. like, yeah, this guy's a hero. He's still over there. We've got to try to figure out how to get him back. Randor and the community and the uh, yeah. and everyone, as far as from the military standpoint, is like, nope. No, it's, it's not worth it. We already know that. Right. But then when he shows back up on his own as this mangled skull face. Yeah. Where mm -hmm. you get it, we're like, okay, honestly, could you imagine? I mean, that's a complete new twist. But could you imagine this hero of war who looks like Skeletor coming home and like the the country of Eternia celebrating that? Like yeah. that mm -hmm. guy who looks like that, like that's weird, but kind right. of cool. Like mm -hmm. little kids are like, Skeletor is my hero. He, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, that's sort it. of that's a yeah. crazy weird angle. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> All right, guys, stay tuned. Part two of our Masters of the Universe saga is going to be epic. <laughs> oh, Sean, we're almost three hours. Why don't you go ahead and take us away here? I'm sorry, guys. No, I I love it. But I know I got to get to cooking dinner or I'm going to have some regrets that are uh, putting me through a civil war. So. <laughs> All right. 
On today's episode, we found out all it takes is a little wonder to make a three-hour episode. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I know Matt and I would like to thank Matthew Rodriguez. And yes, I, I'm sorry I missed out on the intro to that earlier uh, for dropping by and talking about Modern Wonders. Uh, check out his Kickstarter. Make sure that if, if you can pledge, please do. If you at least share and let other people know that his Kickstarter is still going on for 38 more days as of this recording. Uh, either way, I'm sure he will be thrilled. Um, Matt, do you, or, uh, 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 Matthew Rodriguez. Now that I have two Matts I'm talking to, this is hard. Matthew Rodriguez, do, where, where can we find you online so that people can, can get find- more of your goodness for Ideas from Mars? Ideasfrommars.com. And also ideas from Mars on uh, Facebook and Defenders of Eden on Facebook, Disciple Six on Facebook. And if you search Modern Wonders on Kickstarter, um, watch the video, check it out, and I hope you like it. So thank you. There you go. So you have no reason not to find him one way or the other, support the Kickstarter, or at least learn about the new stuff he's going to put out there. Because it seems like every other day there's a new idea he's got these thrown out there for everybody which is awesome so thank you matthew rodriguez for joining us once again and tying the highest amount of uh, guest appearances that we had to date on the show um if you like what we do hit the like button here uh subscribe hit that bell ring that bell do the notifications so that you will get the latest episodes of legends of grayskull if you want to reach out to us Find our Facebook group, Legends of Grayskull Podcast, on Facebook or uh, logpod85 at gmail.com to send anything. Or, hey, just comment on the video. That's also, we're, we're more than happy to interact that way. And until next time. Until next time, guys. Stay legendary. Oh, come on. Oh!